Hello and welcome to Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, uh, episode 40. This is the end. This is Summer is Coming. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kelly, the well, who was the dungeon master for this campaign. Uh, and now we're done. We did it. We beat her. The Frostmaiden. I, I can't believe we did it. We did it. I can't believe we did it either. So, the uh, Vistra's brain jar have a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Of course. Like it's, I mean, it's yeah, drawn duh. on like the, it's drawn on the side with like on the side with like the faces were for Larry, but yeah, it's, yeah. A, or, or it was stripped off the corpse and then kind of like that no. moment from, uh, no, no, it's like that moment from uh, America, the motion America picture the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway, Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Dork Tales. Thank you so much for tuning in to our post campaign wrap up. Uh, I'm really excited to be here tonight with four of the greatest people and my best friends on the planet, uh, in, or on any planet, because hell, you guys are my best friends on Toril too. Although I'm not your best friend there, I'm your enemy. Your Harwar. <laughs> also, can we show off our fashion real quick? Yeah. Bam. We're so stylish, and then you, you two just look nice. You're just both so handsome. You're just so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm I went for springish colors. It's true. For Kelly, I'm yourself. in the cockpit of my spaceship. Nice. Oh, yeah, I'm in my fake condo. So hey, if you ever see me in this, this I is was the... like, we've had snow for so long. So mm -hmm. green really? trees. We get to wear like shorts on camera. It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah, so... after we toss the magic sun grenade. Magic sun grenade. Okay, so uh, folks, let me introduce everybody. Uh, and please, actually, you know what? Introduce yourselves and tell tell me where we can find you after 39 episodes of watching you just be wonderful people and having a lot of fun with you. Let us start in. Let us start with Christine. Hello, um, I am Christine. So I played Callie Thornhill, our halfling druid who is absolutely lovely and wonderful and sassy and sexy. Um, but you can find me, besides on Dork Tales, uh, you can find me as Lady Liliana on Twitch. Uh, I stream generally on Tuesdays and Saturdays, generally Guild Wars, but I've been throwing a little bit of Dream Daddy in there too. Um, unfortunately, of course, I'm not streaming for a while because we're going on holiday. Um, but I'm hoping to maybe get one in on... Wednesday? Not... This Thursday, but next Thursday. Oh yeah, we'll be back. we'll be back. Well, and I can't do this Wednesday because so normally I would do this Tuesday, but we're shifting a, a Dork Tales game onto yep. Tuesday, and Wednesday is right before we're leaving, so I'll be packing. Yep, and I'll be doing some some setup stuff, so I I'll, I can't be around either. Not that that matters for your stream. No. No, sorry. It's true. Um. All right. Pass it over to Hayden. Hello catching that what's up hi guys catch. i'm hayden i'm hayden davio i played lysithian callisto our moon elf wizard i'm going to miss them so much my grumpy grumpy moon elf wizard evocation wizard i love them um you guys can find me uh over on twitter a lot i That's i true. just post a lot of bs and, and then cute photos before game Ooh, uh i you can also hear me in the case study of Vanitas this season on Funimation, uh, where I play Amelia. Congratulations. Uh, so, thank you. Uh, I'm in a lot of shows over on Funimation, so if you look me up, you can find out what shows and watch those good things. Um, and streaming-wise, I stream... How many days a week? Oh my gosh. <laughs> at least, at least four. 
right? I stream three days a week over on Net19 Official. Uh, Wednesdays is mine and Brad's gaming stream. So right now we're playing It Takes Two, which is really fun. And then Thursday and Saturday, we're playing D&D. Uh, we have multiple different games over there. So if you guys want to see more of D&D Hayden outside of Mondays, you can hit me up over there. It's a good, good time. Mm -hmm. And outside of that uh donate to my kofi so i can become a vtuber thanks bye base <laughs> all right let's pass it down to mike hey folks what's going on my name is mike and i played katarina firestring our lovely human bard and when i'm not on dork tales uh you can find me over at captain starbun uh, I'm just firing up my streaming again after taking a bit of a break when I changed jobs, changed house. Um, changed pronouns. They were all in a pronouns. sequence. They were all in a sequence. They, yeah, they were all over the place. But um, anyways, you can uh, you can find me over there. I generally will be streaming Elite Dangerous, so you could come meet this lovely lady, Katrina Sparks, uh, in our beautiful ship as we traverse the vast galaxy in a one-to-one -one scale recreation of the Milky Way in Elite Dangerous. Hell yeah. Nice. nice. And finally, I'm going to pass it down to the person who joined us and the Dorktales crew specifically through through Hayden uh, for this game and has become kind of a kind of a staple. You're basically like a potato for us now. Like we, we can't live <laughs> without you. You're our potato, Robin. Remember, potatoes. Boil and, boil and mash them, throw them in a stew. Yeah. Mm, okay. That's I generally mean, that's what I do to her characters. About frying them, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, hi, Rob. I'll take that as a, I'll take that as a, I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. You know, I'll, 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 uh, I won't, you know. Thank you for calling me your potato. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, hello, everyone. I'm Robin. I played our lovely dead in a jar. Vistra, Dankel, our Mount Dwarf Barbarian, and um, you can find me over on Twitch uh, at Second Gen Gamer, and I am getting back into trying to figure out a, a regular schedule for streaming, but um, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I can't believe that I joined for this game, and yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy times. Oh, it's fantastic. So, how's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good. Just kind of chill. A little, a little melancholy. Because mm -hmm. it's like really like we said goodbye and I cried off my blue and everything. But I'm like, now it's like real. Now we're really saying goodbye to these characters. And I'm like, it's been a or really, really are we? Story. Or are we? They will forever live on in my heart. I love Lysithian. I loved our party. So I'm a, I'm a little melancholy. Mm -hmm. mm. A little melancholy. Mm -hmm. I think I've yeah. been a little melancholy all week, to be honest. Like other mm. stuff happened, but I think like this kind of also contributed to the kind of down yeah. the hand last week because I was just like, mm. well, and last week I very ceremoniously like took off all my costume bits, separated the shirt from the vest, unpinned the fur stole, took the wig off and put it away because it's been sitting out on uh a wig stand this entire time mm -hmm. on my on my dresser so it's been sitting and ready with the the little flower crown on it put the flower crown away with the others um i mean callie's never gonna be dead because i fall into her voice 
all the fucking time now. It's true. It's true. It's like I start talking in my stream and I'm just like, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, I'm in Cali voice. Well, hi, guys. I don't normally talk like this, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I fall into Lysithian's accent just because sometimes. Oh, yeah, Vistra, I try and I'm trying to do like I do my Irish accent for for Darcy on our mage game. And mm -hmm. every once in a while, Vistra slips in there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Vistra, out. Oh, my God, Robin. OK, so you're mage accent is contagious irish oh, no. accents tend to be oh no! <laughs> i oh, knew no. scottish was a contagious one for me but irish apparently is as well because there oh. was moments where we were playing last game and i had to very much i could hear just a slightest lilt starting in my voice and i'm like mm, mm, oh, oh you, you, you mm, nope, she's canadian <laughs> oh darcy you, you you're getting a little hint of the accent are you it takes a while just to get a into that accent. Just, just a little. Just a little. But I had to also be careful I didn't pop up into Claudette or Callie during Mage. Because I'm like, no, no, she talked very proper, but it's not sweetsy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's soft, but not sweet. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as we're hanging out, basically, this is a rap session. We we completed the game. We defeated it. We kicked Oral's ass. We saved Icewind Dale. We got completely screwed over by a time travel stick and a, re and a revivified corpse. <laughs> With a magic hammer. Yep. And uh, this is this is our way of like showing up and like de decompressing and unwinding and talking about the campaign in ways that uh, anybody who is here, feel free to ask questions in the chat um, about like things that we liked about it, things that we didn't like about it. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at this monster. <laughs> and, hey, we, uh, we saved Icewind Dale, but none of us get to actually reap it. Like... Yeah, like Which none of us get to likely. get to get to see. Like, yeah. I'm the most Holy likely crap, to be guys! Able congratulations! To I have to go finishing a module. Yeah, like a whole book. Finish the shit out of this. I don't think I've ever finished a module before. No, you well, you did Curse of Strahd, but that one was. I kind guess of... Curse of Strahd kind of counts. And you're in the middle of one right now over on Nat 19, right? Yeah, we're uh, in the early stages of Princes of the Apocalypse. Nice, and it's apparently is... you're having a good time, right? Oh my god, it's been really, really good. We're off book right now because shit. Let's say we we, uh, we made a wish with the Dow, and that's been a whole time. But uh, yeah, no, we're kind of off book right now. But yeah, no, Princess of the Apocalypse has been wonderful so far. Nice. All right, so why don't we go through this book and let's talk yeah. about, first of all, like what we liked about the campaign, what we didn't like about the campaign, and what we would have fixed. So I just got a question in the chat that wants me to, to start this, I want to start off with, and that is, uh, Chef Aladeth is asking, so the living spell Bartender, Everlast, was that an actual spell or a DM twist added in? So uh, the thing about Everlast, okay. So, uh, it was my modification that Everlast had been a person who had created either all of the doppelgangers or at least a subset of them. Uh, mm -hmm. And it sent them out into the world because they're all over Icewind Dale doing crazy stuff. And it's like, why would they be there unless they're there for a purpose? Like, it seems like a weird place to go vacationing, really, aside yeah. from the isolation element. And it feels like they were trying to do like a John Carpenter's thing, but didn't quite invest enough into it. Um, so I was like, okay, Everlast is really good, but here's here's the deal with Everlast. Soon after the characters enter this area, an entity called Everlast makes its presence known. Everlast is a living spell bound to the spire. It can manifest in the image of any humanoid species or gender, but defaults to the form described below. Which is basically like, I don't know, like Kevin Spacey, basically. 
bald, wearing a long purple gown. Like, it's basically Lex Luthor, Kevin Spacey. Uh, Everlast speaks the same language as any creature that converses with it. Can't be damaged and can't be dispelled. Uh, Eriolarth has created Everlast to aid him and his apprentices in their doomed mission to restore Yithrin from ruin. In the years since creation, Everlast has seen Eriolarth crumble to dust and the apprentices transform into Nothics. With nothing to do except hold its standing orders, uh, Everlast has become help hopelessly bored. Uh, the character's first are the first few faces that he has seen for centuries and is immediately warm to them. Uh, basically wants them to assist in the city's restoration and not reveal the secrets to outsiders. And doesn't really... Well, he can't reveal anything to you. Um, and basically is there to kind of give you lore if you haven't picked it up anywhere else. And for me, that seemed like a waste of a character. For something where mm -hmm. there was a little bit of intrinsic horror. Because I had been hinting for a while that Lysithian... Uh, might have bitten off more than they could chew with with a pact with Asmodeus. Um, and for those of you who don't know, like for those of you, by the way, this is going to have some spoilers. So if you are new to Ram the Frostbane, prepare for spoilers. Um, the back of this book in the fan community is not particularly well loved. Um, in fact, either you really love the last chapter of the book where you're in Yithrin or you hate it generally because it's not connected. To the rest of the module like the, the entire module functions like this uh meet friends in icewind dale go on a bunch of adventures neat uh go on some higher level adventures that seem to be hinting at some weird conspiracy between the chardali and chardalin magic materials uh the frost maiden and some larger plot go fight the frost maiden then find out that it's actually about basically a crashed UFO from magic, like magic history. Go investigate mm -hmm. the magic city. And it's like, none of this is connected. Like, it's just like the first three steps are really tight and it feels really good. And then it kind of like swivels into a ditch. Um, so there is a really common uh, patch for this game called the... Um, it's the it's the Levistus fix or the Leva twist or Leva fix, and what it basically does is it turns the entire thing into oh Oral is actually going to free Levistus or Levistus's return is connected to Oral somehow. Besides the fact that Levistus's people are all about cult and that there is a cult of Levistus here, that never comes back after you go to Kerkonig. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. in the book, it does not at all. So I was like, I might as well throw something in there. Because if you don't think Asmodeus... And, and strangely enough, um, uh, uh, Sunblight... Um, what's his name? Sunblight, the, the dwarf king, is a warlock of Asmodeus. Oh. But they didn't write anything for that. They That's set weird. two... So, uh, for those of you who don't know, hmm. Asmodeus, big demon lord. Uh, Levistus, big demon lord that Asmodeus trapped in ice in one of the layers of hell. So you'd think that there would be a connection. Be it, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's like, there are two story elements that should gravitate toward each other, mm -hmm. but they didn't really go into it. Um, so I try, I tried to do that. And looking at Everlast, I was like, similarly, Oh, there's some foreshadowing that I've done in the, through Asmodeus, 
or Asmodeus, uh, dealing with um, with Lysithian regarding, I, I said a couple of like cryptic things like, oh, time is a circle type of thing, right? Like, et cetera. Because I'm like, there's a chance they might activate the time MacGuffin at the end of this. Now, the thing about time magic, by the way, as a DM, you never know when they're going to use it. So you got to hint this really slowly. And for example, Lysithian saw a photo that looked like them and started to recognize people in the pa- in the background. And you were like, oh, I'm going to look at it. And I'm like, oh, you get distracted so you can't see it till later. Because <laughs> I don't know how this game is going to go. <laughs> because, uh, well, thanks for the sub. Um, so, uh, and the fact that I'm turning him into a bartender, there's like an illusory bartender. But I was like, why not just make him the bartender? Because then I've got like yeah. the shining vibes. Yeah. Because there's time loops, time travel, portraits, and I can have a bartender being like, hello, Jack. Right? And I'm, why would I not do that? Yeah, exactly. Why not? I love that someone called me out at the second I did it in the chat. They're like, this is the shining. And I'm like, damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Vista with the axe. Like, and? Oh, but anyway, so um, there are some things about this module that are very interesting. And what I'm what I'm going to do is I want to pull everybody in the audience and I want to pull pull you for. And I'm working on a like a like a couple of how to videos on how to run this chronicle for or campaign for YouTube. Um, so I, I want to know what you thought. What, what, what was your favorite part of it? Like besides. OK, here, let's get this out of the way. Each other. i would say the i would say my my favorite part was probably the the beginning i think that was one of the because it it was it was low stakes and we got a ton of rp like we did so Mm -hmm. much it was so like rp heavy at the beginning Mm -hmm. and we just really got to know each other and i felt like I started like I that's when I was falling in love with our the mm. party members was when we were doing the the bar scenes and having like kind of you know the shenanigans more aside before it kind of took this twist into weird magic city land um so my favorite part was the beginning because I just I again this is my first time doing D&D so I was doing all the like beginning D&D stuff so I'd like it was uh, that was my favorite part was the, was okay. the beginning. Uh, question about that. Um, so at the beginning of this book, um, they give me the option to put you in any of the 10 towns. Like you do not have to start in Bremen. And I looked at it and I pulled you off camera, I think beforehand, or it might've been during episode zero, I asked you, but I was like, okay, what? how friendly do you want it? How? And you kind of pick the middle ground for everything. Like not too big, mm-hmm. not too small. And Bremen seemed like the best place because it was the most isolated out to the west i don't think this game would have been quite as intimate if you had all started in like brinchander yeah 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 i think that was probably like a a crucial kind of decision you, that was made can you imagine starting in Kerkonig? that would be it would be a completely different campaign at the beginning yeah it would right? felt like, very different i think oh yeah that castle up there it's full of cult to say <laughs> We've known about them no, for a while, them. but our don't heroes don't them. care. <laughs> we're homies, eh? Yeah, don't worry about them. Like, how yeah, would that have gone? About it. How, how yeah, would that have, like, that's so um, weird. Yeah. You, you know, they're cult. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm Okay, sure, sure. You want to join? <laughs> like, Ice powers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, I think, I think I really enjoyed that. And I also, not to toot my own horn, I really liked the opening scene because the, you don't have any of the opening scenes. So in our game, I ran an opening scene where, um, inside of Bremen, the town speaker is a, an, a dwarf at the edge of his life and he keeps being, going on these like senile sleepwalking walks where he wanders into a blizzard. And I was like, that's a great metaphor for this entire campaign once you read through it and you're like oh it's about loneliness and isolation and that seemed like a great way for you guys to like find each other in a blizzard and like you get where i was going with this like it's it's yeah. a little ham-fisted now that we're over but i really enjoyed that i don't think you can do it like you gotta put those twists on it you gotta garnish it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But i think it's better than the you meet in a tavern for sure I also love that, like, you got to know a lot of the people in these towns and that the NPCs they wrote in, in quite a few of these towns are actually really, really relatable, like Cora. Yeah, I yeah. love, love, love Cora. Cora. Danica. I think, like, one of my favorite things was, like, going and dealing with the cultists of Levistus initially. Mm -hmm. I, I really, really liked that. And also, it was kind of a fun thing because that was a point where Lysithian was still a doppelganger because they're a doppelganger for the entire mm. time until y'all didn't know. Where I was like DMing Kelly, being like, "Hey, I'm gonna you. I'm just I'm reading the brain space. What are they thinking about?" Aw, we got a great comment right now saying that we love uh, that uh, Dark Island loved the role playing around 10 towns. Uh, but what we did with the Goliath feud was amazing. Reading it in the module, it seemed like there wasn't a lot going on, but you really brought the situation to life with your role playing. Thank you so much. I love you dealing oh. with this stuff with them. Yeah, like that was the thing. There was so much in the beginning yeah. that I really enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed basically when we were going around doing all the side quests in the beginning. Mm -hmm. That like Mary... was, I feel like, some of the best of the module. Because, yeah, we I had agree. such creative things. Like, the the dinosaur. Callie's just like, oh, oh hi! So... How are you doing? And you didn't fight it! I was I so proud of you! I was so proud! I was just like, I can speak to animals. Is this an animal? Hi! Oh. Yeah. Um, and, that, like, that was so much fun because you also just rolled with it and gave it so much flavor. I, I hoped so hard you weren't going to fight it. There was it. so much, though, that was part of that, of just, like, the role-playing between everybody. Like, me doing that, and then everybody going, like, wait, is she talking to it? What? Do we do we not fight it? So your favorite <laughs> yeah, was... Holding, holding the weapons. Just your, like, so your favorite was the start and all of the beginning stuff? Yeah, so all the side quests, really. And then, I mean, like, going and dealing with that, like, kobold infestation. Yeah. And, Walking over <laughs> the dude that we all hated. Yep. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, one master. Oh, that was yeah. so. And the thing is, like, they don't give you any rules for that. So the the whole thing about that is, I don't even know how long he he's supposed to be able to possess. But I was like, screw it. I don't like this guy. I don't like playing him. This is much more fun anyway. Um, but there's there's a lot of stuff that we didn't do out of this module i think it's really funny because it, it, i think you you are right the best part of this book is the is the side quests these yeah. these side quests are better than the ones in candlekeep like because we just finished running candlekeep yeah. mysteries i would much rather run uh an episode of like the mead must flow for good mead which which you I guys know, didn't do i wanted to do them all i they were all so i was really sad that we like... didn't do the white stag one because i was sad. just about I was to really say. curious yeah <laughs> i'm so curious about that side quest in particular i was like we never I'll, did. I'll run it for you 
I'll run it as a one-shot for you. We'll, we'll set something in Icewind Dale, make some new, like, level three characters or something like that, and we'll run through it one night. All right. All right. Yeah. That'd be really fun. Yeah, yeah. I could try out another version of Druid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you could try something Circle good. Circle of no. spores, bitch. It's so fun. Um, so you didn't... How you also, swarm? You also didn't Ooh. go to Yarlmoot to meet, yeah, like, giant ghosts. Oh, right. You also didn't go to the prison, which I, I was actually bummed. There's the prison. I was bummed about the prison. There's also a goblin fort where, like, what? all the goblins are amassing. And that's got a really cool Hi. twist in it. Um, the Lost Spire of Netheril, which is a spire that you could have gone that was part of, like, I think it's, like, the top of, uh, it, yeah, it's it's the top of one of Eriolarthus's towers that broke off during the crash and landed upside down. So you have to go through it from the bottom up. Okay. Like everything's upside down and everything's broken. And if you go through it, there's like a chance that there's a bunch of cool stuff in it. But yeah, I would I, I would run these. Like I think that if nothing else, like this book well, is a let's really do good. Let's that then for whenever we have a moment where yeah. we need to do a side story or we have like an empty want night? to fill something in. It, this group is first. Yeah. And we just make a set of characters that will follow through all of the side stories. Yeah. I that, that we haven't played. That sounds good that was, to me. Yeah, that was and just have them ready part. for that. And if and I'll I'll let it be that if anybody has one of these side plots that you're like, no, you can't run that without me, I'll just pick a different one that we didn't do. Yeah. Right? You have your quarter on the machine so that you've got it dibsed. But if someone has a busy night, uh, it's fine. Uh, okay, so... Uh, and Mike, what was your favorite thing? Um, uh, Much of the same. Like, the, the RP in the beginning was just so good. Um... It was just so much fun. Um, just yeah. working through finding out people's secrets and stuff uh, was was really really fun. Um, and then you know, once we started to get into more of the um, more complicated aspects of the of the, the uh, plot. Um, you know, the modules definitely seem to kind of break down a little bit, mm -hmm. um, until you brought in your, the supplements and decided to just off-road it. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's just so much better when you put it in four wheel and just go. Boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, you, you were saying, you know, telling about some of the decisions in the module, uh versus what you did with it and it's just like oh if it was done the way it was written that probably wouldn't have been that fun but um well, there's no definitely connection. exactly like there's like between the beginning and the end there's not the only connection between them is oral well she's not yeah. even, but she's not even connected to yithrin because it's been trapped yeah. under ice for thousands of years here's the one yeah. i was thinking about the other day because i know i should have thought of this earlier i was making breakfast or something and i was thinking about yithrin and i was thinking about like and you need I was, th I was thinking about stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, it was, you need the Rhyme of the Frostmaiden to open the glacier. Really convenient that the ice goddess has the thing that breaks ice open in her basement for you. <laughs> That's really convenient. Like, it's just such a dumb twist. Like, no offense yeah. to the writers. I know that you were probably, like, you were under a deadline and you were, like, there were probably, like, how many writers were on this probably juggling different plot lines? This is not me slamming anyone who wrote this, but I think that, yeah, the story writing team is one, two, three, four, six, like, about 12 people. Like, tw 
that's a lot to nope. juggle i'm so please nobody take offense to what i'm saying but it's like it's a little convenient that plot twist well like the the way that i kind of see see it is is kind of like the uh the the mass effect dilemma where one and two were absolutely incredible like the stories mm. were amazing uh super deep and the first half of number three had the same like depth um you know and development in it but then the dev team most of it got split up or you know or they fired. got super rushed or fired and then all of a sudden that just didn't really mesh with the first two and a half See, I'm and really, kind of disconnected there i'm really curious if the story team like if maybe this underwent some last minute revisions for some maybe? reason like this is what it, it feels kind of like yeah. this feels like a movie where the studio changed the ending like, uh, like, yeah. like, remember I Am bit, Legend, yeah. where, like, Will Smith, like, blows himself up in a blaze of glory and, like, you know, because the whole point of I Am Legend is that, oh, I'm the monster, but in that one it's like, no, I'm still the hero, boom, and everything's gonna be okay, boom, and it's like, you totally missed the point of Matheson's work, but alright, cool, bro, well, not cool, not Will Smith, but the director and the studio is like, cool, bro, um, okay, so here's an idea for a plot twist. If you had to fix this, what would you fix? I'm going to pitch this first of all. What if Oral, who is a tiny little goddess, who is CR9, according to the book, or CR8? Like, she's not very big, uh, because almost all of her power is going into keeping Icewind Dale frozen. Which is why you could kick her ass, and why I fudged her stats in the final fight so you'd actually have some fun. Uh, she's CR9 in her final, and CR10 in her second form. And CR, she's supposed to be CR eleven in her third form, but let's be fair, the the frozen tear queen is pretty easy to beat. It's very easy. And yeah. I gave her max hit points. Like I added an additional sixty to eighty hit points to each form, Good. and you still did that. Good. I, I listen. I love a max hit point fight. Also, Callie. Mm. Carry I mean, that I, fucking fight. Callie eviscerated those extra hit points that you gave them each time. Just oh yeah. my god, yeah, no, yeah. Callie. Fire elemental, beautiful. That was so good. And I was like, hmm. well, good thing I have only fire things. So, but Callie's just like, nah, I got this. I can solo this fire, bitch. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and also, uh, Robin, you sent me messages. You, you thanked me. You're like, thank you for letting me get those final hits. I want to say this publicly. I didn't let you get shit. That's the way the cookies crumbled. That's the way the cards fell. That you ended up getting three kills after having the worst game yeah. the game before. Yeah, so, I, was, I thought you were taking pity No, on I me, wasn't. Honestly, I, I was trying to survive. And it kept... form. I got the how do you want to do this for every single form I, for Oral. And I was just like, fuck yes. I was like, this is getting gratuitous, but I can't do anything. You actually, like, it ended up with you. And I'm like, okay, well, you ever complain again about having a bad night? You killed three forms of oral. So jump off a cliff, Robin. <laughs> um, so here's my thought. Okay, so you have this magic floating city that got crashed and has all of these cool magic items in it, including a device that can turn back time. So it's got, like, tons of stuff, including the Mithalar, which can change... Um, it can change weather for miles and miles and miles. Uh, Oral's a tiny goddess who can barely keep Icewind Dale cold when it's already basically Alaska. 
Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she want that? Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't it be that, a race yeah. against time once she finds out about it? Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Like, it feels like the cultists should be, like, going to recruit her to get there. Or that one of the one of the brothers, uh, like the Arcane Brotherhood, who are looking for this ancient city, gets captured and tortured, and the information leaks through one of her druid cultists or something like Agnes like it feels Shire. well because once she gets to the city, like the thing is, if you kill her beforehand, she doesn't show up in the city. But if you do, or if she gets away from you, or you don't you don't kill her she shows up in the city 24 hours after you arrive according to the book and starts like hunting you down across the city with her minions okay mm-hmm. there needs to be more stakes yeah. yeah yeah i agree yeah um but okay what was your least favorite part of the campaign let's start with that what about this what was a game or a storyline or a plot that was kind of like eh. Yeah, Mister. I know or Robin. Uh, fighting class, and the last chapter was the least favorite part of the game. Fighting, fighting Fuck class. You. Being well, a fight, fighter. Like being a, being oh. a fighting class, like not spellcaster. Yeah, this thing was In not the, designed for. Yeah, it was yeah. basically like a fuck you if you chose a fighting any sort of melee type class to help out your party. Guess fuck you in the Magic City. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, least favorite. I, I am sad I, that you didn't use the Scroll of Trask summoning against Oral and have a let them fight moment. <laughs> because that that is my dream ending for this. Is that or against the giant mechanical dragon? And then yes. you got Mechagodzilla versus the Trask. I would have oh. been yeah, so I think down. that's the thing is that, for me at least, I couldn't really pinpoint a particular game, hmm. but... When we started going up against Oral directly and out of the side quests, the threat feeling, like the level, it just kind of just took a nosedive. Did it? Like, you yeah, wait, did it seem like, like was it less horrific when you were going up against Oral? Feels like it. Huh. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Because the moment of highest tension that I can remember is the dragon. The dragon yeah. was scary. Oral was, was not. Yeah, Oral didn't really freak me out. What freaked me out is that we nearly party wiped in that first uh, fight yeah. against her. But like when we were in Yithrin, I was like, we got this. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. the swords are doing yeah. more damage to me right now. It, yeah. Like Yithrin had interesting parts, but I didn't particularly like it. Well, like it had parts that were fun and interesting. And those those interesting parts. For all the extras. By and large, were the, the Dan Con things that I bought. With yeah. the exception of this. I didn't run this because this was basically the uh, the tunnel from Willy Wonka. It's basically just like your, the one with the fans. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I must admit, I didn't really love the Zardorok stuff. I feel like if that had been the point of the campaign, it would have made more sense. But it felt like here's another big enemy. It was a really hard dungeon slog to just get to him. Yeah. Like... For just handling like two rooms because we well, went directly there we didn't even explore yeah it was freaking hard and we had npcs helping yeah so yes now the npcs helping that was obviously something i provided because there's no reason that the ten towns wouldn't try to go help um 
but in the same instance, like even with all that, like it was hard. Well, and there, we had like people on our side in there. Yeah, there so, there like, were like sixty combatants at one point. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And like, like the dragon felt really like oh my god like i would have preferred more lead up to that like honestly they could have basically like had instead of like zardark being just like, his own thing with his charred little dragon like have him in cahoots with oral like mm -hmm. worshiping oral or something or trying to stop her and destroy the town to stop her like, like, for example, what if there were clues that you had to find among the Ten Towns inside of these, like, side quests that would get you to Yithrin? Basically, that, like, yeah. oh, the secrets all were built beneath the Ten Towns. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, they're beneath the Ten Towns. I can fix that. <laughs> no or Ten Towns, like, no bread clones. like, the mini-boss before Oral sort of thing? Right, well, or... That you had or, to get through to get access to Oral? Or if he was an ally that betrayed you, even. Right, yeah. but, but the Duragar can't be allies because they're obviously douchebags, right? Yeah, he felt like, like they they suck to begin with. Yeah. He felt like he was like a kind of a point of the game, potentially. Like he could have been. But I mean, but it was just dragon. over in a couple of games. Yes, right. Yeah. Like, we kind of had a hint, 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 and then all of a sudden, holy shit! There's a Chardolin dragon. <laughs> and that dragon was fun. I will say there are two things that this book is hated. Well, that is this book is contentious for uh, one is the last chapter being like, what? Uh, but the other is the choice. The, do you go to the fortress or do you fight the dragon? Because as written in the book, you cannot fight the dragon. Uh, and I think I warned you of this beforehand is that uh, if you go up against the dragon, uh, you can fight it eventually, but given its fly speed and given your movement by the base rules oh, for yeah, the huskies, right. because we yeah. had to work this out. So if you're running this game, adjust your husky speed, land speed to four miles per hour over over um, non-mountainous snow. I believe that's what we decided. Because right mm -hmm. now, the and the book also has this weird rule where the husky can go, I think it's your, your dog sleds can go two miles per hour i think it is but then they have to take an hour long rest between yeah. hours an actual dog sled can run for up to eight eight to twelve hours uh eight is usually a day's run for these dogs where they can do it every day and you can push them as hard as 16 hours in an emergency and they will survive um in real life and these are magical dogs right like these are dogs in a fantasy world um so uh, there are a bunch of forums for, for Rhyme of the Frostman where people actually broke down land speeds of dogs, stamina of huskies, things like that, and went, these rules don't work for this module. And they make it so that if you try to chase it, uh, let me check Destruction's Light, because there it says it in there. It implies that you can catch it. Let's see. Uh, I think the math was... That if you go straight to Bryn Shander, you can save it. Otherwise, you lose all the ten towns. I think is is how it works out Damn. because because of its flight plan, which is right here. Uh, it's in green. You cannot catch it because the roads are rough and the way the roads go. Um, if you try, it gets like I think it takes you like 16 hours to get to like Kerkonig 
But if you don't manage to catch it at Kerkonic, it just goes. And there's no way for you to cross the Dwarven Valley in time. It's a real problem. Because they want to set you up with this choice where, honestly... Zardarok, one of the choices is just failure. The choice is failure, right? By math, it's yeah. impossible to, to save most. The only one you can save is Bryn Shander. And that's... And each one that you go through, the... the, the Crow's very insistent. Um... The dragon takes additional damage for each town it goes to. Well, sort of. Dugan's Hole does none. Uh, East Haven reduces its hit points by 10. Um, and Kerkonig. Kerkonig has the saddest dra dragon damage note, by the way. Trovis was the town's best hope for defense because he was unconscious during the attack from being drunk. No organized resistance was mounted. Consequently, the dragon takes no damage. Damn. Oh no! So a court, as written, Trovis fails and everyone dies because he was he was drunk. And, and that oh was yeah. And oh. and that was fixed by Katarina. Because Katarina yeah. specifically sent a message to him or ascending mm -hmm. to him and woke his ass up out of a drunken stupor. And oh. had she not done that, the entire town would have died, and Trovis wow. would have died a dishonorable cur. Animal. Instead, yeah. he had a complete story arc reversal because he's like, I almost let all my friends die because I can't control my my vices. See, I that's think really that's cute. The, I love that. I think that's what I really liked about the beginning campaign is because we spent all this time like going around the ten towns and helping everyone and getting to know NPCs, that the dragon Flirting. was so much scarier because we knew everyone we knew what the what was going to happen with the dragon and yeah. that was an actual serious threat because we're like oh my god we're seeing this dragon going and destroying these towns mm -hmm. that we have helped save and seen people struggle like yeah we want to fuck up world to stop this but also like i thought that was much more like my heart i was more invested emotionally in well you in paid, that kind of you paid so much money to bring his ass back to life yeah right? exactly uh, um that was well, having done all the things like because i think also like that's partially your style of dming is that you do make npcs real people and they're not just there for information purposes they are actually somebody to get attached to and have personality and life and all that thank you um because I think that's that's something I found in other games I've been part of is just like the NPCs are just kind of there and then they're gone. Yeah. Whereas like this game at least, there was a lot more to it, a lot more like humanness to it. And I mean, just between all of us RPing and just making silly choices, um, we had much more personal connections with a lot of the NPCs in all the towns that we visited. Some of them were um, really... Uh, like very confrontational <laughs> connections but, but the majority of them over but <laughs> the well, majority of them were pretty good though like yeah. our like bremen you know was great all of the npcs in that were, were you know were awesome danica. Um, so danica was amazing really danica. My job uh, was, was the town that make... we got kicked out of because of lysithian east haven it was east haven, east yeah. haven. yeah which vistra had a great experience there <laughs> Vistra had a really nice friend there. Oh, what was his name? Hold on, I have that written down. I remember now. I have it written down too. We never um, actually went back to him. That was her hometown. That was her house. That's where yeah. her brewery was. So oh no! It, oh, sorry. No, 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 it can't sorry. Have been that no, 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 no. It yeah. wasn't. East, it wasn't East Haven. Then it was. Uh, it uh, was the place where rats are historical. Targos. Um, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Targos. Targos. Yeah, it was Targos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Targos. Yeah. So you had your um. But yes, that's your friend there. My cleric. My cleric. Yeah. As the and like and like Targos, you know, where when we fought that weird ice person. Um. I like right and, right in the beginning. Yeah, right in the beginning, and like that kind of thing didn't really come back that much, or in a, in yeah. a way that 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 really pushed the story along. So, um, do you want to know more about what the what his deal was? Yeah. 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 Okay. That so, was kind of our first hint at the weird stuff going on. Yeah, and it's one of the two opening stories. So the one opening story is you go look for Chwinga, which are great. Uh, Chwinga are wonderful. There, You should use them and, and learn how to do like cute noises if you're running. Yeah, it's true. Chwingas uh, are amazing. So, Sethic, uh, let's see. For the benefit of the characters, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Sethic's uh, Helen's theory is true, and Sephic Kalter is killing ten towners who cheat their way out of becoming sacrifices to Oral. Uh, this is because... Um, does it have the quick write-up about him? There it is. Uh, so, uh, is a well-built man in his 30s, has an olive complexion, um, who cares, most strike features eyes. Um, let's see. He is, in truth, Sephic was not born during midwinter. Because uh, he says that he's got Midwinter's blessing. Uh, he was a mariner whose ship sank off the coast of Oral's Island a few months ago. He swam to the island, uh, but nearly froze to death. As his life was fading, the spirit of a frost druid beholden to Oral possessed him. Uh, Winter cannib spirit cannibalized his own and is using him as a living vessel to do the Frost Maiden's work. The spirit can't leave Sephic's body. If Sephic dies, the spirit is destroyed. Uh, so what he does is Oral's bidding around town. Um, so honestly, knowing what I would no do now, I would have more of him. Yeah. I, I would mm -hmm. say that, that she has more minions like him. Uh, and you will not believe this, but the number of, of, of parties that I've seen that Sephic has one-shotted. Huh. And actually, yeah. Someone Damn. in the chat right now is saying that he's a rough starting quest because he's CR3. I don't think CR3 means anything if you have a full party wailing on him. Because he still only has, what... Two one attack per round, twice two attacks per round. So, oh, yeah. and if That's I roll right. poorly, and if you have a barbarian in his face, it's yeah. I remember that fight. Callie turned into a direwolf and rode, and Vistra rode on Callie's back to catch up, and then you flung yep. Vistra's ass at him. It was so good. But like, if you hit him at range, he's got not much he can do to you, right? It's it's. Like it's it's just it's, an, it's well I think that was the thing was was that we had a couple up close but then the rest of us were at range yeah well, well I think so you, like Mike, just I think cast spells I think at him. Cat, mm, he does cast fairy fire so I had advantage on my attacks yeah. without rolling recklessly so a Vistra to... just got to just wail on him at advantage with no consequences to herself mm -hmm. yeah and I think that uh, uh, he did have misty step but I don't think the I think I got one round before you killed him like i think you killed him in like yeah, one... we wrecked him pretty quick we I've seen fucked him up really quick because <laughs> my because yeah. like i always fast. try when when i'm playing a character that has like an intelligence or wisdom score that is in a combat i try to think like a person with that person's training would think mm -hmm. and it's like okay i'm being attacked by a dwarf i'm gonna kill this dwarf they saw me killing this person. I'm going to kill this one. And then suddenly wizards show up and I'm getting struck by stuff. But I've already acted. I need my turn to do anything, mm -hmm. right? Because he doesn't have legendaries. And I don't mm -hmm. think we were doing hurt them more. So I couldn't cheat back then. Um, and uh, it's it's hard. It's 
But I think that that could have been a much cooler story to, to seed throughout, like more of these people who aren't doppelgangers, but are possessed by, by like frost spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that horror would be kind of, kind of great actually. And it would ensue, it would give the party paranoia. Like who is actually secretly working for oral? Like who can we trust in these towns? That yeah, would... exactly. Well, why do we trust each other even? Yeah. Yeah, right, especially he... with Vistra having that weird cold shit going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so everybody got two secrets in mind. That's another thing I suggested right from the get-go, is that instead of one secret, you get two, and you divide them into an A-team and a B-tier and B-tier. Um, I think it's hilarious that we went through the entire thing, and Lysithian never gave away their second secret. Tell them. Share with the class what my your, secrets were. Your orc were. rock? Lysithian had a rock? in their possession that could summon an orc tribal chieftain to their defense three times. I'm going to be honest. You forgot. I you forgot. I, I mentioned it a couple times to you. I was like, <laughs> don't forget your secret. And you, yeah, were you like, said, don't forget my secret. I fucking forgot, dude. Oh God. I, I forgot so early on, which is why I was like, yeah, you'll never <laughs> oh. guess what it is. I am faking it. Motherfuckers. I have no idea I, what I'm talking about. I had about. like, I was pretty <laughs> sure you, were, you had forgotten. I'm an honest. actor. I lie for a living. Um, so you could have summoned at any time. You could have had a friend show up, uh, which is where slot house orc stone. You saved the life of an orc who gave you a stone to the symbol of the many arrows tribe. Uh, carved into it. The stone is an uncommon magic item that requires attunement. Only I can attune to it. As an action, I can use the stone to summon the spirit of an orc warrior uh, using the orc warchief stat block. Uh, it disappears after 10 minutes. It understands and obeys your commands. Yeah, I fully Damn. forgot. Because I, I think I forgot to put it in my D&D Beyond sheet. Ah. I had it in my original notes that are in California. Probably. I hope so. <laughs> That's funny. So but uh, what, what, what I loved there... that I managed to keep Callie's secrets to basically the last, the last, I was the last one to kind of reveal anything, mm -hmm. which was fun. And yeah. I, my last secret of course was great. The, the paramour thing was, it was, well, that wasn't one of your secrets, was it? It was, oh yeah, you had old flame, which meant that any NPC. Uh, so the way that it worked in the book is that you could designate uh, at any point in time, uh, you could go and say, Hey, me and this NPC you just introduced have had a fling. Yep. So um, I use that as a running joke for a little while to introduce, whenever I introduce an NPC, I was like, there's a chance that maybe you had a fling, but <laughs> it's not, it's not your big one. Mm -hmm. And I, I gave Christine some options um, without telling her any of the plot or anything. I was like, well, there's one guy coming up who's like this and one guy, and I, I seeded villains in too. Because yeah. because I think you're just supposed to use like common people in the ten towns, and I'm like, no, like there's a chance that like, what if you banged a Goliath? No, I'm pretty sure it was like it was stated somehow um, that you could if the NPC was antagonistic. What did it say that they would be friendly to you? Oh, I think you're right. Actually, I think you're right. That was the whole point. That's why we only looked at you at potential antagonists uh, old that we could face against. Uh, once I make this choice, I can't change it. This old flame is friendly and helpful to me, even if my past is, even if our past is checkered. Um, so an NPC in the ten towns. So, yeah. but in theory, like that could have. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people wouldn't have allowed villains, and I'm like, nah, it's better. It's better. Let's do villains. Yeah. 
Well, and that was the thing was I, we kind of just discussed ahead of time because I see, and my thing was, is that when Kelly and I were talking about it is I was like, well, until we've actually talked a little bit or heard a bit about the character, I don't know who I want to pick. Mm -hmm. I would rather have it planned out in advance so that when we meet again, it can be the, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> sort of thing immediately, the kind of sheepish, like, yo. So <laughs> Instead of having to be like, oh, no, I totally knew this person. I just didn't react for the first hour. So uh, <laughs> someone in the chat just brought up the worst secret in the game. Um, and I have ranted about this quite a few times to Christine while walking the dog. Um, it is called Slod Host. A red slod in implanted a pellet-sized egg in me shortly before my adventuring career. If I can't get rid of it in the next two months, the egg will gestate inside me and a slod tadpole will burst from my chest, killing me. It will then quickly grow to an adult and kill even more people. This is the sum total of a secret. That is not a secret. That is a really weird plot because yeah. I'm, why would you keep that secret you would go around going oh my god help me help like, that's me not something that I hide. get this out of my chest like, and it doesn't help. it takes like restoration to get it out i think not even greater um i might be wrong there uh but there are a number of places in the book where it says if someone has the slot secret this is a really cool time for it to kill them and i'm like no it's not this is like this we don't actually want anybody to have to make a new character because then just, you lose yeah. all that rp and it's this is such a low magic campaign that like yeah. it's like also you're dead now it's like what it's such a weird plot twist that they put in there's there's yeah. nothing else that there's no reason for them to keep it secret there's no information there's no reason for them to, to to want to pay it off in any way and the red slods never appear in the book the only slot in the book is the um the green slot that you encounter in the tower mm -hmm. so what yeah. Why would you, why do you want an alien larva? And it just kills your character, by the way. There is no, like, the book writes it in a couple of places where it's like, oh, yes, this could be an interesting time for the slot to burst forth. And it kind of is written like the character will survive. But if you look up slots, it's like, oh, no, it kills them. There's no, nothing you can do about die. it. You just, just die. And there are a couple of them like that in here. Uh, Pirate Cannibal, that's the one Robin had. Yeah. Um, so some ones that you could have had that did not. You want to hear these? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Drist fan. You once met a famous drow ranger. In fact, you have a part of his cloak. <laughs> I love it's, that. It's it's so... again. That doesn't feel like a secret. It's just something a flavor text. Yeah. Right. I'm a scion of the the Alagonar bloodline, and only known to the heir of the only known heir of the crowd of Neverwinter. If Degolt Never Ember, the city's Lord Regent, learns I'm alive, he'll send assassins to kill me. That's an okay one, depending on your game. Yeah. Um, then Escape Prisoner was one I Callie actually pulled this first. And this is the yes. one that, that Christine And vetoed. I was like, eh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so I was brought here from another world by spacefaring mind flayers. The ship in which I was imprisoned crashed in the mountains south of Ten Towns. After surviving the crash, I nearly froze to death, crossing the tundra to reach the Ten Towns. If some friendly trappers hadn't found me, I would have perished. I fear some of my captors have survived the crash and might come looking for me. Which would have been great, because then the Ascendant plot would have adjusted slightly with the crashed mm. spaceship. Mm. Um, that could have been pretty neat if you wanted to play a weird character. Like, if you wanted to yeah. play a Gith. Yeah, ah. but I definitely had a, a concept already, and... Mm. 
that definitely did not fit. Also, I think I'd already think was that my second one? Uh it was either it was it was your it was definitely no, it was, the it was your it was an A tier one for sure. Yeah, it was one of the first ones. So I think I swapped that for the the lover one and then the Harper was a secondary. So and there are a couple of other ones like um you are actually the offspring of Queen Bjornhild uh Solvig daughter, the Tiger Tribe queen. Um and she sacrificed you to Oral by putting you on an ice flow and you survived. Uh, so that's kind oh. of a neat one, but it only worked if you were human, and we only had one, and that the human didn't start as a human, so that wouldn't work. <laughs> um, and, and so on, right? Uh, runaway author, uh, Ring Hunter, where you're looking for the knucklehead trout that bit off your father's finger yeah, and his signet ring. Yeah, you gave me that one. That was one of the ones I said, nah, to. But that would have been an old bitey. Oh, no. uh, that's Is where it ends funny. up, and... And, that's what uh, I figured when he, when we got told by him, like, ah, oh, that's where that ring is, I bet. See, and I like that. I think that those things that are put in this module are really clever and fun. Uh, but yeah, there are a couple that are just a little weird. Owlbear Whisperer. Owlbears are predisposed to like me. Or the Littlest Yeti. I, was, I, I mentioned that I didn't like the Littlest Yeti. That's like, I was raised by a Yeti, and Yetis like me. And I was like, that's kind of dumb. I got torn up in the comments. Really? How dare you really? say that yetis are the best? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. I'm just saying that the other one is like, I'm a secret doppelganger. That's a cooler secret for me. That's but... fucking cool, dude. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, like, all of our secrets were, were a lot of fun. Um, and I think the secrets were a really good aspect of this book. They, they, yeah, they I liked it a lot. And especially having two of them was really nice um like it ended up resulting like for katarina for instance both the secrets worked really well together mm -hmm. to provide that backstory um and i mean granted in in my case the the secrets were a little bit less um randomly rolled um and, and a bit more like yeah here is here are some that I think would be cool. Mm -hmm. I th well, um, I think I think you rolled and I gave you second one. Mike? I gave you a I gave you a veto on one of them. Is what it was. So everybody got one, and you had access to a veto. Yeah, we we ended up vetoing like two or three to get to mine to mine eventually because it Do just uh, yeah because none of them that we because we rolled a couple times and none of them just none of them worked none of them were cool. Uh, so. By the way, be flexible uh, when you're on this. Yeah. So Kat's second secret um, was that she basically had a, a bounty put placed on her mm. um, yes, yes, and yes. had an assassin sent to kill them. Mm. Um, yes. And that ended up working really well with the reason she was an Iceman Dale and to begin with. Uh, and how she ended up as Katarina. Um, so, like, it just kind of worked really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like, like, Kelly and I went through a few different ones, and then, you know, we saw, like, those that worked really well, and it's like, yeah, that's... I mean, that's it. <laughs> they all work pretty well together, aside from, like, Raised by Yetis, and then all of the I'm the heir of... That's not true. Those work really well together now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. She put me on an ice flow. The Yeti saved me. 
Yeah. Yep. The Yetis are like, I will be his mother now. Put your faith in what you most believe okay, in. Okay, I'm glad my Two brain worlds, also one Yeti. <laughs> Who are um, you? I am the blue Yeti. Listen to my affordable <laughs> podcasting sounds. Ah! <laughs> Oof. Oof. I have blue Yeti stories. Fucking, um... So much industry tea on that one. Oh, do you? Because I've got a broken one, like, right over there that burned itself out. Yeah, because Blue Yetis suck, dude. They're they're <laughs> they're fine starter mics. You can, you can, not anymore. Not anymore? Oh. No. Oh, we're going to talk about they're, this tea off camera. Uh, they are very looked down upon in the industry now. That's too okay. bad. Like, like, about yes. three, four years ago, they were okay. Yeah, but mm. there's a lot higher standards for that kind of stuff. Um, anyway. Honestly... I'm, I will be honest, I'm a little disappointed that Lysithians, uh, like, it worked with the story happening at the time, but I'm, like, mm. sad that Lysithians' doppelganger uh, secret got spilled so soon. Because it was, like, nine episodes in that it got spilled. Yes. And it was just because of the moonbeam. It was because of the moon. didn't make my save. And if you go back and watch my face on that one, you can see I'm feeling the same way on that. I'm like, oh yeah oh because you could because that like christine was just like bam i got you and i was like wait you've got lysithian in the blast and she's like yeah it's not a problem it's just a little damage they'll heal and i'm like that's a lot of damage though but also bye fuckers (laughs) it's a problem it's a problem (laughs) spoiler spoiler alert it hurts moonbeam does But it's like, oh, and it also does this, um, this like plot twist thing, which was really, which was a good way of opening that up, actually. Like, I, yeah, the timing was weird, but I don't know. I, I feel like it you. kind of worked out, though, because we had the ability to then kind of reaffirm friendship and the power of love sort of thing. I, like, yeah, oh, like, yeah, that's who you are. Yeah, the timing I wasn't fond of, just mm. because I was like, damn it, this is such a big thing. Mm. Yeah. Because it's a well, fucking doppelganger, but the way it happened worked really well. Yeah. Well, like, like the, 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 thing, the thing, the thing. And I'm the not time... faulting anybody by saying that. Right. I hope mm. you know. I'm just like, just as like, like in character, I was like, man, that was really early. No, I feel that. Yeah, but go ahead, Mike. The, like the, the, the timing thing for, for me was, was kind of like, because we had just spent that episode a lot of a lot of that episode dealing with uh cat's first yep. major secret the invisible came stalker out. yeah the, yeah and then we were then we were fighting the you know like cat's invisible stalker thing and then boom doppelganger and it's like two big secrets in one game yeah let's yeah. Rock, let's go vistra's yeah. like Vister's in the corner picking her teeth with one of her sister's bones. Like, oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and then, oh. And then, like, two episodes after that, Vistra's thing. And it was funny because I have this huge page of notes from when, because Kelly and I had a whole call, like, a couple weeks before the pirate ship because I was just like, ah, pirate ship. Ah, my secret's going to come out. Ah. Um, because that was fun. And I had to figure out her whole backstory. And that was just, like, that it bought peek behind the screen. Two weeks before the pirate ship, that's when I actually nailed down Vistra's backstory. Because I was just like, how the fuck is she a cannibal? Oh, she's with her sister. I think we, we had like, it loosely defined at... before then. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had it loosely defined, but it was kind of just like, that's when I really got into the meat of it. And that's where I, I came up with <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Good nah. pun. Yeah, it Good was pretty pun. bad. That was pretty bad. I also love how you totally wrecked my character with my sister multiple times. You yeah. sure did. 
It was yeah. so good. It was great. Well, because you great. kept I like, loved it. I will say like the one thing that I always hate when uh and I get it, I get it from the player side, is the the um the sassing of the villains. Cause I'm like Do you do you mind? I'm trying to be evil here. Let me be evil. And you're like, oh, you suck. You suck so bad. We should call you, you know, I don't know who or yeah. I don't know. But like, I'm like, so then I always, I always add a little cruel twist whenever that gets ha- happens too often. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to dig up your sister's bones and send her you. <laughs> because you sassed me too much. And it's not that you sassed me a little bit, but yeah, you mostly you use like, why, if, if I'm evil incarnate, like, why wouldn't I torture you? No, it's fine. And right. the same thing is, like, Vistra didn't like Oral because she was gave her this forced, like, blessing that Vistra was like, I just lost my sister and I didn't want to live. I want my sister to live. So that's why Vistra was always sassing Oral. She's like, well, I'm your champion. You called me your champion, so I'm going to fuck you, Oral. I'm not your fucking champion. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, she deserved it. it I, Vistra totally deserved it. It was great. I loved it. It was. It's good, and I don't want to tell people not to not to sass me before before villain encounters. It's um, it's mostly I've I've had that happen a bunch of times, particularly in live action games where I'll like introduce, like not even a villain, but just like a potential big bad antagonist who's in the room, and it's like it's literally literally at one point it was like Lucifer showed up into a scene in the LARP that I was running. And like canonical in the world of darkness, Lucifer shows up and people are trying to like sass him. And I'm like, you know who he is. Like, this is, this is not the like, and secretly I'm actually, but it's like literally. And they're like, they're like making fun of his shoes. And I'm like, would you, would you really? <laughs> people, people always want to be like firefly protagonists. It's weird. Yep. So you always want to be written by Joss Whedon. <laughs> don't get better writers sorry <laughs> that's just I was being... like that is some fucking shade <laughs> yeah and I'll put it across all of the characters that sound identical <laughs> oh look that's all of them what no all, most of, almost all of his character writing sounds identical um if you listen for the writing not for the actor mm-hmm. the actors are good I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like make different, like jokes, dialogue choices. Also, because not nobody talks the same. It's true, and and don't make the flash grab Wonder Woman's boobs. That's weird. That's did that uh, happen? Shit. Yeah, that, that happened in Justice League in the uh, in oh. the the Whedon cut. Uh, he falls over and animes her, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, and it's like, really, this is. Mm-hmm. If you'd done that to like Batman's crotch, that would have been a lot funnier. Yeah. Or Batman's butt. <laughs> like that would have been Batman's pecs. Oh. Do the boob thing right to Batman. Well, that would have been what? so good because he could have because like you know how awkward the flash was in that movie? He'd been like, I feel so safe and secure. Sorry. Get off me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like that would have been so good. It could have been good. Instead yeah. of like, this is awkward, or whatever her accent sounds like, because I can't it's basically like nice Lysithian. Yeah. If Lysithian <laughs> were a good person and smiled more. They'd be Wonder Woman. <laughs> Probably. Oh my god. Uh, I love the one Wonder accent. person. Wonder person. Wonder person? Wonder person. I was thinking of like wonder something them. I was trying to work it out in my head. Wonder then? 
wonder, wonder there needs to be another b in the middle yeah it does wonderful them yeah sure uh okay I'm not wonderful hayden what'd you hate about this <laughs> what did i hate what'd you hate besides the the secret coming out that was that was like that wasn't a that wasn't a book thing that was just a bad time yeah thing. that it's mm. honestly because the thing is i'm like it, it's it happened when it happened i was like i was just disappointed that it came out so early but i That's really like obviously. how it came out so like the circumstances i'm like this is great uh it's great storytelling so i was okay with it but um i think the in-between times uh like between uh zadarok and because like to play devil's advocate against uh what christine was saying um you were saying like you didn't like the whole zadarok plot point with everything well i'm more that big i don't feel like it was used well it felt yeah. too just kind of plugged in whereas it could have been the whole game so like it was a cool idea but i feel like yeah. it didn't get used well it just kind of popped up all of a sudden mm. kind of i i felt like there there was stuff kind of sewed throughout that kind of gave us a reason to go in my opinion i i really liked it i liked that part um and i i'm a big dungeon crawl nerd i love a good dungeon crawl mm. gimme um and then you're weaker by the time you get to the it's a good time it's a good time i yep. love that shit so i feed on that i think the in-between times like after the chartle and dragon and then kind of figuring out what the fuck we want to do before going to oral oh, the, like the, there was like the sa- oh so you're talking about not the sad march you're talking about um... not the sad march uh it was kind of the in-between times before we're like okay we're gonna go to oral there was like a couple times in between where i was like we're not doing a lot here yeah well because i have to convince you guys to go on like an an igloo dungeon crawl right actually yeah. i, I got to admit the entire thing grimskull felt like kind of a mess to me like going to oral's island like yeah. not, not the going there because dealing with angajuk and like that entire that thing was was, yeah that was rad i love angajuk like, and that like, was a really fun. That was my first time getting to fly. Was getting attacked by like what was it harpies or something? Oh right, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the the oh, thing cultures. about uh, Grayskull though that I Grimskull. really like. Grayskull is a different. That would have been a different story, and that would have been <laughs> so much better. Grim the skull. Um, so uh, about Grimskull was um, Vistra's reaction with the dragon. That was great. The like dragon com- the coming phobia? out of yeah. that uh, with Vistra's phobia of dragons, that was fantastic. Um, but you know, th- uh, when the when the ice dragon erupted to life, oh yeah, like, yeah. The, the the yeah the the ice sculpture dragon that was um, cool. when that came when that came to life and started uh, doing not very nice things. Um, well, that's that the was... power of callbacks, right? Like, yeah. And that was really, really good. Um, you know, like was kind of mentioned earlier, um, the dragons were amazingly scary. That was but, so But good. fighting Oral on the island was kind of just like fighting a fairly tough enemy. But the dragon was terrifying. When so- Hayden and I got that scared laugh... <laughs> That that made me so happy. By the way, I was like, I've got, I'm winning, I've got you it. You thought you're like, why are you laughing? I'm like, I'm freaking out. Dude. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I'm yes. Dude, honestly, like, I don't think I have like moments that I hated. I personally, 
the last chapter, like the last chunk was like, I'm like, I'm a magic user. And even I'm like, eh. I found it, it was a little monotonous going from like one tower to the next tower. And I feel like that could have been condensed a lot, you know? Like it's after playing it now and sitting with it, I'm like, that last chunk really kind of felt like a slog because it, it, it just felt a little monotonous. And I'm not about that. Well, it was it was the the, the wash, rinse, repeat thing where it's yeah, like, it was go like, to the tower, fight a mini boss, get go the, to the thing, tower, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, and the thing the thing in the book, so without um, the additional ones I got from Dan Kahn, uh, the original one is basically like you go to the tower, there's some stuff going on, you find the words, and then you leave. Like not all of them had encounters. Um, some of them were very quick, like the Tower of Necromancy, which I think was a pretty was, the Tower of Necromancy is actually one of the ones that convinced me to, to do that. Yeah, I liked the Tower of Necromancy a lot. Yeah, it was good. Larry's great. Yeah, Larry's amazing, and, and the faces. So okay, They're let's so let's. Good. Let's so re good. let's redo this. So, so the good. Tower of Necromancy. All right, you ready for this? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, as it goes in the in the actual book, and hold on, I gotta find the damn thing because it is. I also put them in alphabetical order because it's just easier to find them when you're flipping through the damn book. Uh, House of the Arcane, Members Bar. Where is it? I can never find the damn Tower of Necromancy. <laughs> Tower of Illusion, Tower of Transmutation. Where are the balls are you? So anyway, vamp for the camera. It's nice. It's nice that we're doing this because it's it's reminding things like oh yeah the dragon oh yeah the the fight against Zardarok like it's just yeah. good <clears throat> memories. The remains of a toppled tower lie scattered around you. Its fractured base, protruding from the ground like a broken tooth, is teeming with crawling gray hands. <clears throat> A detect magic spell here reveals an aura of necromatic magic. Two hundred crawling claws are tirelessly but ineffectively trying to excavate the tower's ruins brick by brick. Anyone who disrupts this effort is attacked by 2d6 claws. Deep under the rubble, the corpse of high necromancer Kadavix lies crushed, yet his ghost remains to haunt the tower. Characters who linger in the area witness his gaunt spirit staring glumly down at the debris. Katavix's ghost is harmless and attacks only in self-defense. It laments the fall of Yithrin and longs to see its corpse freed from the ruins. Excavating the tower takes pickaxes and shovels and requires hours equal to 50 divided by the number of excavators. Minimum of one hour. The crawling claws don't help. Well, they, they don't attack if you actually try to excavate, but they don't add to your total. If Katavix's frozen corpse is unearthed his spirit is laid to rest of the claws shuffle off to the ruins uh, those who find the corpse claim its necklace so you treasure and uh, while digging enough you find an inscription uh, it gives you a necklace of fireballs which is pretty useful in the final fight uh, but that is literally the entire thing for the tower of necromancy how boring is that wow that's wow dig up well this is and the thing is that if you are if you didn't kill oral um, that is a number of hours equal to 50 divided by the number of excavators. So if Valen is there and able to help you, that means it takes 10 hours to do this. Okay? 10 Ouch. hours. Every hour, you have a roll to see what is coming out to hunt you at this time. Uh, and there is a 1 in 10 chance that Eriolarthus shows up. Well, heck. Yeah, so the Yithrian encounters are... Uh, 1 to 50, no encounter. 
50 to 55, 51 to 55, a tomb tapper, one of those big ass guys, uh, mm-hmm. 56 to 60, um, 1D3 Big B's living hands, or living Big B's hands, or some cult fanatics, uh, if, our, if Avarice is there. Uh, then the next five are spitting mimics or cold light walkers. If oral's there, then it's gargoyles or frost skeleton, frost giant skeletons, then magen of various varieties, then magen of various varieties, and then nothics are the next tier above that. So that's like every, it's every hour, right? Uh, each hour they spend exploring, uh, or each time th- they conduct a thorough search of an unnumbered building on the map. So... What? And also, Oral shows up 24 hours later. So if, you're, if your average party has five people and one of them is Valen, you are looking at at least, what is that, eight and a half hours of excavating yeah. for one place? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, that's weird. We, and there are a couple of others that just... We'd give up after a few... After a few encounters, we'd probably be like, yo, no, not worth it. It's not worth we it. We need to GTFO. Um, the mm-hmm. Tower of Abjuration, I ran as per the book, uh, and then just modified it later with some cool stuff. Uh, you also could have gone to a prison, a menagerie, uh, the Tower of Conjuration. I ran as per the book, but I spiced it up by making the hags cooler. Um, and there is a magic goblet in a house of the arcane that you could have gone to that would have given you supernatural gifts if you drank from it, but also some bad stuff. There was a well that had like a creature inside of it that breaks your brain if you look down into it. It's like a, a Shoggoth. It is what it is. Um, there's an Arboreum that has uh, the Nether Oak, which I just burned because I was like, it's better. Because you have to fight Needle Blights and after Curse of Strahd, I'm done with Blights. <laughs> there, after the Battle of Yester Hill, I'm just like, nah, Blights, blights aren't a thing. Um, the Tower of Divination uh, is way different too um, because hold on there's one there the one that I wish that probably could have ran was inside of uh, the library where there is an arcanaloth that is running around inside of the library trying to find um, what the hell is he trying to do he's trying to He's stuck there for some reason. It's, I didn't skim it too much because I wasn't going to use it. Um, once I realized we were using the additional things. Um, basically, he's looking through the library uh, for some for some things. He was he was summoned there. Um, oh, sorry. The fiend stumbled upon Yithlin's library by chance and is convinced at least one of the legendary tones is hidden there. Alas, he is mistaken. Uh, he has a blind penguin assistant that is enslaved to his servitude and the penguin is trying to convince you to kill his master to set him free so he can die because he's basically like so just done with life i mean um, that would have been really easy yeah so penguin goes ah, ah, and kelly goes what's up friend uh let's see i can't speak with animals what's up dude oh he can speak in you- common Oh. Scratched into a piece Hell of yeah. leather are the words "help me" in common, with which Kingsport wrote using his beak. I guess he can't talk. He can just oh yeah, he can't talk. Oh yeah, because he doesn't want it, he doesn't want his master to hear. That's why he scratched it. Mm-hmm. Um, characters who agree to cooperate with the Arcanaloth soon find themselves loaded with Kingsport, who reveal that uh, Scrivenscry, that's the Arcanaloth, is a cruel and wicked master, um, and they only arrived yesterday using plane shift. 
Um, and you get some cool stuff. Uh, this is him, by the way, if you... Hell yeah. Ooh, fancy. It's well, kind of, it's kind I, of... I would have tried to like convince him to stick around and hang out with us and have a good life. Yeah, we would have we would have wanted to adopt him. It's kind of weird sure. because he uh, he's supposed to be an assistant that's helping look for books, but he's bl he's blind. Weird. <laughs> so Are the books all in braille. I not a particularly good librarian, I would think. Uh, no. He has blind sight, but I don't think that helps you read. If anything, no, I know about you... Daredevil. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't help you. Because I know that I know that uh, uh, that Daredevil can can drink a can of pop and tell you every ingredient and the amounts in it, but he can't read a book. Well, actually, no. Actually, Daredevil can read a book, so long as it is a printed book and not a screen, he can read it because he can feel the uh, the difference in letters. That's Be interesting. Yeah, superhero knowledge. Because I'm a giant nerd. Um, but uh, Mike, we haven't actually found out what you didn't like. Um, mine echoes a lot of the similar things. Um, yeah. Yithrin. I didn't really, I didn't care for Yithrin. It, it was a little Neth too long, Netheril. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, Netheril is the, the country. Yithrin oh, okay, is, yeah, the, so is yeah, the city. Yithrin. Um, like the entirety of the ice glacier. Um. You didn't like that? Yeah. I, I huh. really wasn't a fan, of, a fan of the entire glacier. It was pretty uh, quick, and though. Going like... to, it, it was quick. Um, I feel like, um, I don't know if I would have liked it more if it had gone on longer, because I feel like it would have just dragged a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we would have gotten to the chamber with the giant squid thing in the ice wall and been like, oh, fuck, that shit and walked away. Mm. Um, yeah, the weird Cthulian like, entity. Yeah, which, I mean, I really like the idea of it um but nothing I, happens. I feel like but nothing happens i feel like there could have been something really really cool with that um but nothing happens i mean obviously we didn't see it anyways because we were able to just steamroll through um the the uh worm things actually those were really cool like i really like those those Which creatures Remoras. Oh, the Remoras. The, the yeah, the Remoras. Yeah, the hot worms. I really, really liked those as creatures. Um, um, I really want to bring those into like a Stargate game when I when I, when yeah. I run a Stargate game. A, a lot of the stuff um, really works for that type of setting. Yeah, but like yeah, for the glacier itself, um, I thought was kind of boring, um, just because. There wasn't really much that the module gave us there. Um, you you did bypass a lot of it. I think that might have been we, some of we, it. But, yeah, like, but like we we bypassed a ch uh, big chunk of it. Yeah, um, like using the arcane eye. Yeah, I, I the, will. The, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I I will say that I'm glad you did though because it did feel. Me too. I, I looked at that and I was like, fuck. I, <laughs> this yeah. is gonna yeah. be Once a slog. I saw all the, of what we were supposed to come up against, I was like. This feels yeah. like this could be days of playing to get through this, and we supposedly have like a time crunch. Like this is gonna feel like forever. Yeah, I, I, I didn't do really. Wish we, uh, I, I just wish that for that episode that um, because you had the roll twenty with the dynamic lighting. I, I would have been. I, I kind of was like, 
it was because I, I at that point something was weird with my computer so i couldn't have the twitch screen up so when you were explaining the dungeon i i really couldn't see it in my head so for me mm. it was a bit like i, I it's 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 a big it's a big glacier with a hole yeah in it. So, yeah but sorry, um the the initial encounter in the glacier with like the flaming skull thing flaming you know, skulls guys, are always fun flaming skulls are always fun no matter what you do with them especially They're if you make hilarious them hilarious every time um like i i really enjoyed that little encounter right off the bat uh the remoras were really cool in the glacier but then yithrin itself was just it just felt so disconnected from the rest of the game yeah and that's um, the number yeah, one yeah it's like they're, they're, right? they're just it didn't feel like there was any reason that we would have and then oral shows up and um Oral showing up has nothing to do with the city. It's just because we're we're there. Um, so it's like okay, well, I feel like that's good though, because like the fact that she's there just because you pissed her off is I don't know. It makes it a little personal. At the same time, um, at the same time, actually, this goes into kind of your question that you just threw into Zoom chat there. Um, don't go behind the veil <laughs> ah! um, one of the things that I think would do really nicely would be giving Oral a bit more of a reason to be pissed off at us like yeah we you know we half kicked her butt and we almost killed her rock um, but it's like adventurers do that kind of shit all the time mm -hmm. to a lot of people and they don't get you know vengeful hunts coming after them um, I, I feel like there's a lot more that could be done to annoy Oral to really have a problem with us specifically. Well, because I think it is implied that she is going there to prevent you from using its magic to stop her. Yeah. But that implies that she knows what it can do. Like, there are a lot yeah. of implications that this book has where they're like, oh, and then you'll do this, and... Like, if you take a step back from, from, like, the writing circle, and this happens, you get blinders on when you're writing a story. Um, and you step back and you go, but wait, doesn't that mean that, that this? And you're like, oh, you're right. If I give them, like, you know, a magic sword that can cut through anything, and or, like, the spindle is a great example. If I give them a, a magical artifact that destroys magic and feeds on oh. magic. Yeah. Well, what if they use it? they're not gonna use it never ever ever say that also like, it's like a baseball um or like well where does it come from oh that doesn't matter and it, sometimes that's fine like sometimes it's fine to have a macguffin but you should always remember the implications of having something like that and like well what you know anyway but uh yeah so uh and, and one of the problems with oral the way she's written and it's it's a problem with running gods um is that mm -hmm. they they point blank in the book say don't have oral appear very often try not to have her speak try not to have her really engage with the players verbally except through minions because that lessens her mystique and makes her seem less godly and that's true the the more often that oral talks to you the more she's just that bitch in her in the castle and not like the goddess of mm -hmm. frost and winter. But it also makes it really hard to have that that antagonistic connection unless like you really have to personalize every touch of the horrors of the winter. 
And that is one of the problems that I think that is really hard to convey in a role-playing game. It's one of the problems I had in Curse of Strahd, is that when I look back at this adventure, I think, man, I really wish that I'd made things harsher and meaner and that the NPCs were, like, more bristly and cruel because they were, you know, hungry and cold and it was really isolated and alone. And then I immediately think, well, you guys wouldn't have enjoyed the game then. Like, there's a certain there's a certain limit that you can push your players to with misery. Um, like, Curse of Strahd makes you make the players miserable constantly as well because it's it's Ravenloft. But there's only a certain amount you can do that before it's like, yeah, today sucks too. You know? Like, how close are we going to die this time? Because we can't buy potions, we have no gear, we can't do fuck all. So, it kind of, like, Curse of Strahd really did kind of push you to the point of like, well, what's the point? Let's just give up and die already. Like, just to get out of this game. Yeah. Yeah, whereas, like, with this, like, I never had that. Whereas, like, oh, like, what's the point of this? Like, there was always a, all right, like, this, you know, let's let's keep going so we can so we can win this stuff. Yeah. And it was so awesome. Uh, you know, like, oh, you don't have any potions because no one has them. Cool. We need to be careful with what we're doing or else we're going to die. Oh, shit we all died how are we gonna solve this problem and we come through it because we know how because we, we can think um most of about the time can. you actually died um no on, on uh grim skull oh yeah where all of us almost died and like all it of was our like he- me and yeah. uh heckin my god it was yeah it was yeah velen and and lasithian left and like everyone that has like cure wounds and stuff is is done. Yeah. And so it's like, ah, how do we solve this problem? Oh Just, my god, like this is so tense. Okay. Did you guys like Velen? I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Velen was great. She's basically um, a non-character in the book. Like she tags along with you and does stuff. And that's it. Yeah, no, no, Velen okay. was great. And she was the right kind of annoying. Yeah. That <laughs> made her endearing. Um, you know, it was that, that kind of annoying that makes a lot of sense uh, once you actually kind of know her character more. Mm. Um, it was, yeah, it was really, really, I, I, I really liked her at least. I really enjoyed her and I liked uh, hers and Lysithian's interactions because it was such a like note of, I get what you're about and that's it. We don't need to be besties here. Yeah, we're we're work but friends. They are such work <laughs> friends, but they're like absolutely. I get what you're about, and I'm about it, but I'm yeah. still gonna do me. <laughs> That's they fine. were they were classic wizards together. Of like, they're both a little arrogant, and I love yeah. that. Which I'm like, this is dangerous to have this feeding into Lysithian's arrogance. It's true. What so it arrogant. For, what it did to Lysithian is it actually bolstered their arrogance and it kind of showed them like oh how i act this is just this is okay this is how all wizards act so i'm i'm fine it actually like it made it worse and i don't know if anyone caught that but oh, i oh i did you the sithing got real like hard on vistra in the in the second in the last chapter i it did and and that's when you broke me 
uh, last game with Lysithian's goodbye farewell thing because they had gotten so harsh on Vistra. Like, I, I was like, am I imagining this? Was Lysithian getting like super bitchy to Vistra? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, uh, it was like, it, it got it for Lysithian. It, yeah, yeah. I, I caught that. I caught that hard because I was like, Vistra's like, man, Lysithian is such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was already a dick, but like. See, Callie was just thinking it was the blight. The blight did not no. help. The blight definitely turned that up a notch. But it, like, oh yeah, it, and it, as soon as you're like this, I was like, all right, that's how we're playing the, today, I guess. <laughs> what What makes it the most funny for like for for me as a player is with Katarina. You know, she she wants to be friends with everybody, of course, because she like she's very social. She really likes people. Uh, but in our little group, she felt closest with Lysithian, and she was the most comfortable with Lysithian. I think as partly because of how different they are. They're um, so different. So yeah. different. Um, but is it like cat? Cat uh, felt, you know, closest with Lysithian. Like, you know, she considers Vestra and Callie to be extremely good, not work friends, real friends. Mm -hmm. um, real work friends. Real work friends. But um, Velen's a work friend. Um, <laughs> but if with Lysithian, Cat just really, really enjoyed their uh, encounters with them and then when Lysithian started to get real bitchy in, in Yithrin, Kat's like what did I do? All right. like, did. We're friends! So Nobody if... did anything. They were getting more powerful and also kind of, it's like, oh well there's another, this is fine. Also now Asmodeus. Eh. It's fine. Who uh who is your favorite NPC? Hmm. Mm. I loved Danica. I loved really? her. Yeah, I yeah. love my sweet little Southern gal. I I just but I also because I interacted with them the most, I'm like I really, really liked uh Velen. Hmm. I really loved her. It helped when you imagine Judy Dench. It really does. It really does. It really does. Because, like, I can't play, like, an 80-year-old woman with, hey, hello, dearie, I'm here to cast necromancy. Like, I can, but, like, that gets tiring after a while. It's like, you know, just find a, if you're doing this, you can you can do the voices yourself, but just find, like, an intonation and just keep reminding them. It And, um, it, yeah, it does. Yeah, you do Judy Dench perfectly. I, yeah, I do, I do the, I do the tood correctly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you really do. Uh, so someone in the chat is asking, speaking of Velen, did you worry the party wasn't going to let her join up, especially because she's had undead kobolds with her? I mean, sort of at the beginning, I was like, oh, the party might be freaked out. But like, once you read the way that the kobolds act and the fact that like, I don't, are they all dead? I think they're all dead. Basically what happened is she had a bunch of kobolds that she hired and then they died and she's like, I'm not losing my deposit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and also, like, Velen lent us, I think that was one of the, uh, the, the cheats for the dragon that you had was that they, you, they, yeah. Velen lent us yes. the undead dogs. The undead dogs, yeah. Fast. So that it's she like shows up out of nowhere like Gandalf. took ours back with one of her kobolds yeah. to protect yeah. our dogs that we were all like, our puppies. Yes, <laughs> and, and then we're she like, gotta go fast. And then she immediately called in that favor. 
Yeah. 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 Which is how I which is how I did it. I'm like, how am I gonna get them to agree to this with this random character that shows up out of nowhere? Oh, you do something nice for them immediately and put them into debt, and then which is exactly how Velen would have thought about it. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because we were like, oh well, I mean she offered help, so she must be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, yeah sure us, we can help so her. It's great. So who else who else had somebody they liked? I'm curious. Um that's hard because I liked a lot of them. Cora for me. Who? Cora. Cora. Cora was so sweet. I loved her. Cora was very so sweet. Much. I love those small moments where you get just normal people that you have connections to. It's like, yeah, she's not gonna help you fight, mm. but she'll like, you know, give you the scene extra with fries. Vistra and her. Vistra and her the scene when when Vistra was like when she talked about Harwar and stuff like that. Like that scene, that was I, I love that, right? I know. That was, that was my second was was Hawar. Yeah. So so fun. And now Horwar is in the past. <laughs> well, is there has always been Horwar. <laughs> Destroy the past. Kill it if you have to. Ta- travel Become back in time past. and kill it if you have to. Sir, this is a red lobster. I am the red lobster. <laughs> would would do do you want fries with that? I'm actually trying to watch my calories. Oh okay, salad it is. Salad. Dressing on the side. Okay. Make it a balsamic, a dark balsamic. Oh. But you can't say no to the cheddar okay. biscuits, right? Can't say what? So no the cheddar biscuits. Oh, no, I'm going to have I'm going to have some damn cheddar biscuits. I didn't come here for nothing. Good. <laughs> I've been eating fish for 2 years, Mister. <laughs> but uh, uh Um I must admit, so I don't think they were necessarily NPCs that were part of the book. Hmm. But that you created. Let's find out. Uh, the Goliath's husband. He's in the book. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, yeah. So um, he was I w- great. I will say now he wasn't like that. Obviously, like all. So um, Wonka, you usually ask me things like, "Oh, was the NPC written like this?" Usually not. Usually I, I look at it and I look at the context, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, they're going to act like this because that is not a character we've seen before." But if you are looking through the, I'm pretty sure his husband's in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are canonically gay. Um, which, he just had. Um, which is neat to uh, see them write that curious phase. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, sexuality is a spectrum. Like, whatever. Yep. Like, he's he's totally only into other. Ha- he's basically into anybody who can best him in combat. I think. I think he's. What is that? <laughs> what is that? That's. Uh, I guess it'd be teamsexual mm-hmm. if he's honor sexual. Um, or it would be like, what's strength? Kratosexual. He's kratosexual. Oh, kratosexual <laughs> is the is it? Yeah, definitely. Um, st- sorry, I was. Th- yeah, Callie's just that good. Uh, so there's old goat, uh, rune carved tunnel. Um, okay, her techniques for forging. Sorry, I'm looking at Worm Doom Craig right now, trying to find them. Those, yeah. But then, of course, like my other cute. favorite was Markham. Hmm. You just love Markham. But I mean, I, I loved him since running Storm King Sunder, so that was originally who I wanted to have my like secret oh. lover thing with. But Kelly's like, you can have him for free. Yeah, you can have him for free. You can you can have uh, Robin. You could have a relationship with Markham. That's fine. What were you tagging in I'm there like, with? Yes. Oh, I just said I loved the Goliath arc. That was a cute little so little thing. I found it. This cave is where Arn spends time with his family, namely his husband Harad Cloudstrider. Uh, 
Akhenathi, which is, of course, like his name, uh, and Herod's elderly mother, Kanika Stormcrow Akhenathi. Uh, each has private quarters off the main cave, etc. Uh, and then there's a bunch of stuff about about Herod's mother. Uh, any conversation with Kanika awakens her son, who stumbles out of the bedchamber with a great axe in hand to confront intruders. If the characters have gotten off on the wrong foot with Kanika, a Kaniaka, pardon me. Uh, Herod threatens to punish them for the intrusion, though his sense of honor dictates he cannot draw first blood. He tries to goad them into, into hurting him first. I, I did not like. It seemed like both Herod and Arn were both basically like two Bravo types. Like they were mm -hmm. both they were both like Goliath like Goliath wharfs from Star Trek. And I'm like, one of them needs to be a little more chill. And I think I just realized that I kind of based Haran off of uh, Max Miller from Tasting History. Oh, that's awesome. I think, you know, I I think totally there's a, see that. I think also, a, I love Tasting History. Tasting History so is great. Much. Tasting History is amazing. So good. Yeah, he's such a sweet person, like from the from just like the vibe you get. Um, yeah. And he, did you see that he started a new sub subsection called Drinking History? No, I didn't know. Yeah, it, it's it's in his channel, but it's a new format that he's doing as well. So, oh. uh, so free plug to Max Miller, who doesn't need it from a channel with fifty, one fiftieth the subscribers or less. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's really cool. It's good. It's good background, and you get some cool recipes out of it. Um, but yeah, like I just I was like oh I want oh, I I liked him, and I thought it would be fun to have a character that was especially the okay, if my husband had a relationship with a halfling would i be threatened by this am i a jealous person and even if i was would that threaten me could it you wouldn't you probably wouldn't expect expect him to i think that he would find it so funny that it would just kind of overwhelm any sense of jealousy or envy and then i mean callie is fairly like was fairly disarming with it too it was just like Oh hi! Nice to meet you. This is the like, one. This one here, right? Like no, it's, no desire to actually re restart it or anything or infringe, and like, just honestly congratulatory when she was told that he got married. Yeah, like it's. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked him though. That was fantastic. The, I loved that character. The Goliath. And I mean, the Goliath that Callie had the relationship was with was pretty cool too. That's true. And then I really then, enjoyed how you played them. And they died. Yeah, me too. They all died. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, Christine, anybody else you that you you loved? Um, I mean, you know, obviously, obviously, Huarwar was amazing. What you did with him, as opposed to what was in the book, was yeah. incredible. Uh, like you made him such an easy to love and hate character. Um, and he totally was, was like, gonna stab you in the back if Lysithian hadn't joined Asmodeus. He was just, like, I had set him up to go and betray you for Asmodeus because he had switched sides when he stole Zardarok's crown. Right. Yeah. So right. he stole the crown, and then Zardarok uh, he stole Zardarok's crown and started wearing because he was addicted to Chardalan. Right, and it's made of Chardalan, so he smuggled it. Um, and then Asmodeus was like, "Hey, I can totally end that deal that you have with Le Levistus." worship me instead <laughs> and he's like oh <laughs> oh okay so what did you build Har Har as Har paladin Har no uh, I looked at doing a paladin he is a level 10 hexblade warlock 
Yeah, mm -hmm. I was gonna say I'm like no, he's definitely hexblade. He was a hexblade yeah. for sure. You, 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 I was wondering it can because I again I'm not as familiar with bills, mm. but I remember you using smite and I was like, oh, that's a paladin spell. Nope. Is he a paladin? No, you can get that. You can get that as a uh, as a hexblade. Yep, that's awesome. Okay, cool. That's I why like I was glasses. curious to ask. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, you can yeah, totally. I don't wear them that much. I, I, so I really liked Farwar, you know, naturally, because he was, you made him such an amazing character. I just stand out uh, driver. I also, yeah. I just got oh. reminded, because you're talking about Farwar, just got reminded of that first character from that fort that we spent all the time. Oh, God, what was his name? And distracting. What was it, Thun? Oh, yeah, Is it Thun? Cool, or something like yes. that. I'm pretty sure it's Thune. Harwar is Thune. Convinced, has convinced them. Harwar has convinced them of his innocence. I just found that note. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, the, the, Thube. The, the, Thume. Thume. Thube. The, the one that, yeah. that, that Kat was, was yeah. Kat using her charms Kat on. Vistra. Who and I basically... Vistra. They turned into a rat. Hi, I'm Thume. And her and Lysithian were exploring, trying to find what was going on. I basically yeah. I stole the voice from uh, from Final Space. There's a character in that who who speaks. Let the revolution yes! begin. And oh, I just stole that voice, <laughs> and it worked so well. Oh, I need to I watch love... the newest season of Final Space. It's so. Mm. I need to watch Final Space. I think you'd Dude, really like it. It's fucking um, excellent. The, the first couple episodes of the first season are a little rocky, but it really picks up toward the end. Oh. Gary's uh, who... hard to like at first. <laughs> who yeah. else did I really? I'm. All of your your NPCs are always amazing. Um. Um, I'm curious. The, the sister bar, uh, the sister innkeepers from Care Koenig. Yep, actually, they're, they're in the book, and they, uh, yeah. they they provide a lot of detail as to how to play them too. In that, it was it was nice because the oh. voice, yeah. So keep talking, and I'll I'll look at look up what they said. Um, yeah, like I I really liked I really liked them. Uh, well, the the more social one um was you know very in line with uh with katarina's style of helpful sisters uh you know katarina's style of, of person um and so she really liked she really she really liked her um i mean I think it's funny that, uh, by the way, and I, I wonder if I'm going to see a YouTube comment about this, but uh, I keep saying Kerr Koenig when I mean Kerr Dineval, because I keep thinking that Kerr Dineval, Kerr yeah. Koenig has a castle because it's Koenig Castle, and that's not true. It's Dineval has a dungeon, is what I should be remembering. That's my mnemonic device. Yeah, uh, Kerr Koenig has the ruined castle. Yeah. Uh, so the woman, Ali, is one of the uh, Shorard sisters. Uh, who own the inn. The other owner, Corey, is working in the kitchen. Allie settles Trovis into a chair before approaching the character. She confirms the town has been experiencing break-ins. Uh, Allie thinks the tracks were made by dwarves. Uh, Allie is surprised that no one in Karakonic has seen uh, or heard the dwarves. A quiet dwarf is an oxymoron. If the characters ask... Uh, actually, maybe they don't. Maybe I just was like, oh, one of them's flirty. And one of yeah, them's kind of homely. Yeah, and you, I think it was Allie that was the flirty one, and Kat really liked her. Uh, also, I mean, come on, Trovis. Tro Trovis. Trovis. Was I mean, Trovis. Well. Uh, he was. He was. He was awesome. Uh, I mean, he was awesome enough that we spent 
a huge amount of money on resurrecting him um oh no they do at the beginning actually they do uh ali is lithe and charming greets guest does all the cleaning cora cory they have a cora and a cory at running ends it's weird uh is stout and scowling sees to the inn's provisions and bicker at each other and stuff so they've been feuding and running the inn for a decade yeah i really liked the the guy from targus as well oh trovis oh turn oh the 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 uh the jerk the the antagonist guy mm. yeah he um, was... just because like it was clearly that you were like doing the antagonism thing because i was a harper and he was a member of the black snakes uh, the uh the or black spiders right nope that that's that's ours the black spiders are ours that's, yeah that's, 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 that's sure. uh that's uh he's a member of the um the xanathar Right, yeah. yeah Aren't they right. called the, like the something black something as well? Was uh, it flying snakes? No. Potentially. Flying. I he thought uses... they, they had a couple of names, I thought. Uh Black Spiders is from from our home game though. Um, no, okay. But which was me combining two words on the fly one night. Uh, and it worked. Yeah, it's it's a good name for a for a thing. Uh he is uh speaker Nerith Maxeldenar. Uh oh sorry, he's a Zentarum. Zentarum. Yeah. So he's a Zentarum, so like the slavers yeah. and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so um, does anybody else have anything they want to talk about with the like the way the campaign's written or anything like that? I can't really think of anything. Um, nothing off the top of my head. Yeah, nothing really off the top of my head. I'm just like really pleased with like overall where the story went. Because um, I think for Lysithian, if... Um, if they hadn't sold themselves to Asmodeus when they did, mm -hmm. because the, they're like, well, I don't really know what else to fucking do here. And like, we, we need to defeat Oral and fix Icewind Dale. And there's, I need as much power as I can to do so. And also at that point, they were getting a little bit more power hungry, which is why it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, let's go. Um, but I think if they hadn't taken that deal and we had all gone back to Icewind Dale, or at least like Lysithian had made it back or something, mm -hmm. um, Lysithian would have gone back to the um, Goliaths to go teach that young Goliath girl. That's fair. That Aww. was the oh, that was other a good route that they were. Yeah, yeah that was the that other was really route cute. that they were going to take. And if we hadn't all been, um, because Lys Lysithian was like, cool, well. I'm going to have to dip to Asmodeus because I'm going to be gone in moments here. So I'm going to give all my shit to, uh, like, before they left, if it had gone smoothly, which it didn't, which I'm okay with it not going, they were going to give their spell, like, um, the ex, they were going to transpose more of their new spells and give some of their stuff to uh, the party to bring to that young Goliath girl. But, like, bring, bring her these. These are, like, nice. some some more starting tools for them give them uh, like the ring of the ram and stuff like that be like here i liked her okay, she was she was a good choice she was a good like, yeah a lot of the a lot of the best characters were just like weird improv moments or like mm -hmm. oh there needs to be a character here for some like there's someone for everyone else to interact with there needs to be someone for lysithian to interact with well maybe there's like a young mutant who's just beginning to learn their powers time to be <laughs> well, magneto you're so good at creating Thanks. really believable 
really either likable or really unlikable uh, NPCs on the fly. It's just, it's really, really good. Yeah. I was a lonely child and have many personalities <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> right? Right? It's like, it's like being actors, right? Like it's... Uh-huh. Uh, we're broken. Um, <laughs> I'm really curious about, because I'm like, I said like where Lysithian would have ended up mm-hmm. if they're, they weren't now working for Asmodeus and be like, cool, I'm going to go find Vecna, I guess. Woo. Which is cool. And mm. now I want to burn my cash and get like the hand and eye of Vecna statue. Oh, do it. Do <laughs> it. Or that. get a friend with a 3D printer and, you know. Yeah, man. It's so neat. Uh, but I'm really curious about like you three, uh, like where you thought your character would go. Yeah, I'm curious too. Had things gone like a different way. I fully expected Vistra to die. That was the only ending I saw for her. Your wish is granted. Also, just a fun fact. I wrote this down in my notes. Um, Shortly after um, the the fight with Oral, uh, with her act, if you guys would have gone through Vistra's stuff if she, um, after she died, uh, on the dragon bone, um, half of the axe you would have found it she had carved in caveat emptor and everyone's names on her oh, dragon bone handle cute. i wrote that that's cute i wrote that shortly after the um the fight with oral in my notes um because she was like this is my this is my family now so uh i always so, expect her to die there oh <laughs> that's really it, cute it's your gravestone um it's someone just asked real quick about uh, what's the deal with your hammer by the way Oh yeah! So amazing. So, so about Kelly and you say how you like to make sure everyone has a like has someone something you have to have like, a spotlight. worth it. Yeah. Uh I really appreciate you listening to me slowly not liking Vistra as a character because I I was I was having some I was I was messaging Kelly and I was like, I'm I'm not really enjoying rhyme so much as other games and I don't know why what's happened. And I realized it's because I'm not enjoying playing Vistra because I'm feeling useless as the barbarian in this magic city. So then mm. what does Kelly do? He goes and makes something for Vistra. And I'm just like... Yeah, so originally, harps. the Anvil of Disjunction was inside of the Tower of Abjuration. The Anvil has the power to destroy any magic item that isn't an artifact. When the character holds the an- the, Ammer's, uh, pardon me, the Anvil's hammer for the first time, a voice inside their head says, um, seeming to come from the Anvil, says... Bring me your items of power, and together we shall destroy them. To destroy an item, the characters must place it on the anvil, strike it three times, and then uh, the item disintegrates in a flash of blue light. Every time that you use the anvil, there's a chance that a tomb tapper shows up uh, and attacks them. It's anchored here and cannot be removed. Removing the handle from the tower stops, uh, causes it to teleport back to the anvil. Okay? Um... Which is fine. It seems kind of a weird choice to put in a magic city. Like, I get that they would have this on hand, because, like, if someone makes a bad magic item or a cursed magic item, you can just turn it off, right? Um, it seems like a waste of magical energy, but, eh, whatever. Uh, but when you were talking about how you were having a lot of problems with Vistra, and that you hadn't got any magic item to feel useful, and that a lot of the enemies you were going to be encountering were, like, completely immune to damage from you. Um, I was like, okay... Well, there's a giant hammer that the book says does nothing, but it, it the anvil is telepathic. And it's been trapped underground, unable to eat magic items, which apparently it enjoys destroying, for 
5,000 years or so, uh, maybe it's insane. Maybe it's gone, it's completely starved, and is basically making, like, little baby warlock packs with anything that'll, like, wave it around. Hell yeah. And also, Vistra had gotten the arcane blight saying, I, I don't trust anyone anymore, so when the hammer is offering her a way to destroy Oral, when she suddenly doesn't trust her party members to be able to trust Oral, she was like, yeah, I'm fucking making this pact with this hammer that's offering me power to kill Oral. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it was, was great. It was good because then, like the, um, it came back at the end, right, to to screw everybody else's day up. Yes, right? you're welcome. And, like, and those type so of plot, those type of plots really resonate, right? Because it's like, oh, that was earned, right? It wasn't just like, ah, the DM screwed us again. Oh shucks, you're so clever, guy who's on top of everything and controls everything. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's like no, you actually had to set up cards to make this work, um, which. Is always more fun, but what about um, what about everybody else? Where, where did you think you would be? Um, I don't think that I necessarily knew where Kelly would be, but there was the mild kind of daydream kind of thought of like, may well, maybe Callie could actually settle down with like Markham or somebody, right? Like somebody who she'd been interacting with over the campaign, and stop wandering, having to wander. Because she had not been planning on tr getting trapped up in Icewind Dale. Like, she's not from there. Um, and she had kind of just been wandering from town to town, kind of avoiding the lottery. Yeah. Just, just a titch. But that's why she kept wandering so much to try and make sure that it didn't look weird that she was never there during the lottery. She never stopped there because she was like, screw this shit. They're yeah. all insane. Um, and she made lots of friends and she was doing her Harper thing. But there was definitely that kind of wistful daydream of maybe she, maybe we'll succeed. Maybe we can do this. Maybe, maybe, maybe she can like can have go. a home, like have a life again, mm -hmm. sort I of mean, thing. So, I mean, that, that definitely hit hard then getting thrown into the past. Well, the thing is, though, even though you're thrown into the past, you have a lot of ways to fix that. So, like, I can think of three ways right off the bat that you can go back to normal. Number one is you can just hit level 20 and then you stop aging as a druid. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, no big deal. Just go fight the Trask and hit level 20. Uh, number two, um, you can affect the past. You could prevent Yithrin from crashing by telling them, oh, hey, don't pick up that spindle. In return for saving your city, can you help us get a wish spell? And That's true. all you have to do Arr. is say, I wish that we were this far in the future, or I wish that we slept inside of a glacier for like a 5,000 years or be something like that. Right. Like there's, you could just basically do the, the, the army of darkness ending. Yeah. That's fair. And the third one is, I don't know that Callie like knew all that stuff though. Hmm. So, I mean, Kat was already thinking about living forever um because she was so freaked out she was so freaked out at her own mortality when she when i i don't remember who brought it up but somebody brought it up um that cat was it, it never clicked with her that yeah she's human that means a human lifespan okay well shit yeah you've already lived like two of those yeah so you're, you're in a you're in a two-thirds life crisis right here buddy 
exactly so like as soon as uh as soon as we we met the um the person with the live forever crown oh, yeah the enchantress yeah the enchantress she was really like ooh, and so now that she's stuck in the past she's like am i just gonna do that is that what is that what i'm gonna do now i mean mm. there 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 are alternate there are alternate plot lines that you can easily seed in right like yeah surprise cat got a facelift that was that was that was her the whole time. Lol. She was the enchantress. Time loops are a bitch. Wee. Right. Like. That's why she didn't sleep with you because that would have been weird. Yeah. Little, little too Loki. Little too Loki. Little, little too Loki. Um. Although going back to what uh, what, you know, we were kind of talking about with where we were gonna end up. Uh. I mean, with her new life, Cat could have gone back to Baldur's Gate, uh, where she was born, but. She had come to really like the people of Icewind Dale. Um, and so I think she definitely would have stayed there. Um, you know, just being her, being her touring bard stuff. Um, probably, you know, she was definitely would have been looking for an excuse to kind of not have to go hunt monsters mm -hmm. and just enjoy being who she is um and the other thing would be to explore more of who she is in a not so deadly environment i mean yeah no i think i think she would have had a lot of fun i think she can have a lot of fun in the past we just had a question from uh, from tusker in the chat saying which character should be considered mvp war war that was easy <laughs> i'm like i don't know i think we all kind of had our moments we, well like that that's the thing it's like again with kelly being dm um just gonna talk about talk about you real quick like you're not right. here that sounds um i i find it kelly is so good yeah. at making sure that each player and each character separately sometimes um, get special. to get to really feel special and get to really be yeah. the MVP. Yeah. And that it's not this thing where it's like, oh yeah, one character is, is always going to be the focus because they deal so much damage or because they always get the kill um, or because they're the sexy one. Um, it was, it's, it's, all of our characters get to have so much growth and so much potential and really, really get to be the MVP all the time. Yep. So I think the only ones who, like in my opinion, at least, I think the only ones who could be considered the MVP are the NPCs. Yeah. Because yeah. we are all the MVP because of the way that it's run. I guess that means that Oral's the MVP. Oral's <laughs> the MVP. She's the one yeah. who brought us most, together to most create villainous his awesome person. party. Yeah. Um, you know who is not avarice? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, she's like, she's like, fuck off! I'm a bitch. I'll be back in four chapters. <laughs> like, yeah, basically, what? kind of. Literally. What? I remembered that there was like a bitch of a tiefling. I didn't remember her name. She oh, yeah. she shows up Think like the icicle her. in the Christmas story. Yeah. That yeah. almost takes his eye out. Like that's 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 avarice. Just. Yeah, psh. Bye. I'm like, 
Yeah. yeah. Like, yeet. What was the purpose of you? You have this whole thing about albino tieflings. And, like, well, it's just weird. It was weird. It was weird, guys. Um, yeah. Uh, but thank you for those kind words, Mike. That's very appreciated. I, I really do try, and uh, particularly in our homebrews, I try to really... Um, particularly in all games, actually, I really try to spread out the focus so that everybody feels like they they came to the game for the right reason. Um, mm. Because I always hated playing in games where I would show up and I I would be like, man, I could have taken a nap instead of coming to this game or I could have done my homework, you know? Yeah. And, and those yeah, are the worst I've times. Been, where... I've been blessed because I've had... I had Hayden for a quick three shot, four shot, which they did an amazing job for me and got me the hunger for D&D. And then I've had you as my DM, Kelly. So I have thankfully not had any of those games because you were just fan-fucking-tastic at your job. Thank you. It's because it's my job, folks. Speaking of which, ah. if you have a moment and would like to support Dorktales, don't forget that we have a Patreon and you can subscribe here on Twitch. You can also... Click the follow button here on Twitch or sub over on YouTube. And if you're listening on podcast, be sure to share this podcast with your friends and give it a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Bing, bing, bing. Okay, I've shilled enough. Let's, uh, humbo. I got a space kitty face. Oh, hey, space kitty face. Humbo. I mean, the campaign's over. I got to figure out where to put that in now. Uh, I'll put that on my, on my notes. Humbo. Is it is okay? Real quick for someone in the chat, by the way, if you can't see, you just paid uh, a bunch of channel points, which are Twitch currency, that uh, to name something. So is it hum humboo humboo? Okay, humboo. Actually, I have a character in Shards of Nern I can use that for. So boom, done. <laughs> Anywhere is fine. Yeah, perfect. That's that's totally a loxodon. You know it. Humboo. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, actually, I, I I really try to spread the to spread the spotlight out, which is one of the things that like in Reign of Emerys is sometimes complicated, because uh, in that game, like you're all coming from completely different places. So I'm like, I know where the game is headed, and I know that's going to be a big star on a couple of characters, but I got to figure out a way to make everybody else feel like they they weren't just like the Merry or Pippin of the adventure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I mean, minus the whole like killing Saruman. Except for, you know, bringing the Ents and actually, like, fucking that shit up, because okay, that so, is Merry so and fe Pippin. Fellowship at... Merry and Pippin. Yeah, Fellowship yeah, before, yeah, you know, fellowship. they get good. See, with, you know, a quick quick rain thing for, the, for that, it's really hard to make Very feel like that, because she feels like she's always the center of attention, no matter what she does. Yeah, that's fair. She she always considers herself the MVP, and so she is always the MVP in her eyes. And, Even uh, when it, he died. Even when she's dead. And uh, if you have joined us for Rhyme of the Frostmaid and none of our other games, I think that the the Reign of Emerys is a really good place for you to start for other content that's homebrew. Uh, it's a twenty four episode uh, show that we are running tomorrow night. Uh, we're running episode sixteen, so the end of the second act is tomorrow. So uh, it's divided into three acts. Very bingeable, uh, very easy, goes down smooth. <laughs> Just like characters are awesome. Characters are pretty solid. Like it's really, it's really a good game. Soundtrack's banging. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully you'll enjoy that. And then I guess finally, uh, did anybody else not say where they thought their character would end up? No, I think we all did. 
let's see. Someone asked in the chat, what was the favorite thing you were looking forward to leveling up? Um, spells. Just spells. new spells and being able to utilize them in different ways. I'm like, I tried disintegrate. I, I'll be real. I didn't think it would fucking work, but I had to try. I feel you. But I was like, I had to. I have to just have the balls to do it. Because that's the thing about... Um, that's the thing about, like, a lot of spells. A lot of them are saves. And it's like... All right! That's why, like, what I like about, like, any save spells, if they still do half damage. Yeah, that's... The all-or-nothings are kind of rough. Yeah. Um... But yeah, honestly, like new spells, getting to play with it. I love playing wizards. Lysithian kind of solidified the fact that wizards are my favorite class to play. Mm -hmm. um, like just because I had so much fun with them. That's I mean, fair. I really enjoyed getting um, higher level to get better CR stuff because I was doing yeah. Circle of the Moon. Um, also, mm. the 10th level elemental form was pretty cool. However, one day I would like to do a druid up to at least 18, because at 18, you get the timeless body, which you age way slower, but you also get beast spells, mm -hmm. where as long as it doesn't have a material component, you can cast your spells in beast form. Beast form! Like, even though it has a somatic vocal component, you can still do them in beast shape. I, I guess there's the question, can druids speak in their form? Does it say they can or can't? Uh, I don't think you can. I kind of you... like it if they can, though, because then you're suddenly a cat that's like, yo, what up? I'm a cat. I'm a cat um, your ability to speak or take any action that requires hands is limited to the capabilities of your beast form. <sighs> yeah. So and as a parrot, I, I think you can talk because they are capable of forming the sounds. Mm -hmm. Eat! Pick up a fireball. Fireball. But be the level 18 gives you the ability to do it in any beast shape. All right. Regardless of the abilities of the form. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Robin was excited about the uh, the not dying at level 11. That was it. The too angry to die. Because I got the fucking kill on Oral at that. That was so epic. I used it once. I was so happy I got to it's use so it. So good. And then so I good. completely outrolled you. Uh, sorry about that. Um, okay, so a couple of questions in the chat real quick. Uh, one was from people who are joining us brand new for the night asking if... Uh, what other games we run? Whoa! Uh, and will there be another <laughs> campaign? Uh, so, uh, I'll run through it real quick. So, generally, uh, so you're not going to see much from us over the next little bit. I'm running Reign of Emerys tomorrow. And then uh, Christine and I are on vacation for a, a, about a week and some change. Uh, then we're coming back uh, on the 20th, 21st and 22nd. We are running, um, as a channel, 11 games for the Extra Life Tabletop Appreciation Weekend, which is a charity benefiting the BC Children's Hospital uh, through the Children's Miracle Network. I really hope that you come. Uh, all money that you donate to this through our Extra Life page goes directly to children in need. Um, and it's a lot of fun, and you can affect the game with stuff. Uh, I'm running two games for that, but we've got a bunch of different uh, game masters who are coming to do everything from Dungeons and Dragons to Kids on Brooms uh, to a Ghostbusters role-playing game that I get to play in with Hayden. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And 
yeah, it's going to be a good vacation. Uh, once I am back from vacation, I, uh, this Dork Tales is going to be running, I think, three to four days a week, depending on the week. We were running like six to seven, uh, but I'm cutting back to three to four so that I can actually get some of my other work done. Um, uh, and the games that we have right now that are starting up in September. All right, here we go. Uh, September 1st, we return with Season 4 of our homebrew epic that started the channel. That is the Shards of Nern, our homebrew setting in the generic fantasy world of Elos. Uh, that uh, is a weekly game that runs on Wednesdays. Uh, around that, I think on September 3rd? No, September 6th? 30th? Okay. Uh, replacing Rhyme of the Frost Maiden for three weeks or however long it takes, uh, I am running Call of Cthulhu. Uh, we have uh, a little agreement with Chaosium, uh, the publisher of Call of Cthulhu. They're going to give us some books to give out, so hopefully you can come and maybe win some prizes. But Hayden's been talking about wanting to play Call of Cthulhu forever, so I'm going to run it for them. Uh, literally forever. <laughs> literally forever. And it's going to be like, it's going to be like one to three sessions might be the same characters might be different modules uh, i'm running out of a book they've given me um and so that'll be a lot of fun and uh, that's gonna be on monday nights then uh on september 20 or september 17th no i'm on august on september 21st uh wild beyond the Witchlight drops which that night we are going to be having a session zero and meeting our characters for that uh and then the following monday we are running episode one uh and that will replace ram of the frost maiden in our slot uh wild beyond the Witchlight is the new wizards of the coast game uh that is set in a mystic carnival uh that is connected to the Feywild in some way and uh, more info about that will be coming soon as well as the trailer uh beyond that uh i am also at the end of august beginning of september um my sunday afternoon game which was cyberpunk before it ended is going to become a deadlands game uh which is undead cowboys in the wild west that's going to be a really good good cast um and then on fridays i run the reign of emery's which is also set in the homebrew fantasy world of elos and uh, is on the timeline somewhere uh so besides that i think that uh i think that's all i'm running right now oh and uh, every Saturday, I run a fully costumed um, game called Mage the Ascension, the Victorian Age, uh, which is a World of Darkness game set in the Victorian era with, with magic and like uh, lots of horror elements and is a very mature game and would not recommend it to people under uh, under 18 for most sessions um, because it's it can be kind of kind of rough at times it's like a rated r game uh but after that i'm going to be running a bunch of games further in the year uh to keep my schedule at like three to four games uh maybe some more chronicles of darkness stuff uh and uh because Bongmaster, you asked me specifically in the chat um am i running any more sci-fi sci-fi is actually not my favorite thing to run um because i just i don't get it as much as i get fantasy and modern settings mad magic feels better to me than science which i'm a writer i am about making stuff up on the fly so that makes sense um but uh, i am working i'm going to be working with free league uh to run a series of alien the role-playing game games um so that is going to be happening in september october somewhere in there basically when i have free time in october probably uh and then uh in november we'll have extra life where you get to see a ton of games and apparently i'm going to run some one shots in out of icewind dale which by the way 
If you like this book and want to see all of the cool tabs and stuff, uh, don't forget to uh, join us at Extra Life, where you have a chance to win a signed copy, this signed copy, of Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. Including all of my, like, I'll, I'll even annotate it in places if you want. Uh, but yeah, we're going to sign it. We're going to... We're going to give it away to people who donate. and uh, So we work. have to play those one shot soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got the PDF, so I can do run off that as well. But you have a chance to win yeah. it, and I will mail... Here, here's the deal. I will promise you that if you win the book, um, I will mail it to you wherever you are. You'll have to donate okay. money to... But, like... Eh. You're interested in how you'd go about running a sci-fi. Me or yourself, Bong? I'm curious. If you're looking for advice... Uh, by the way, if uh, if you're not already with us, be sure to join our Discord, because then you can talk to us, ask us questions, uh, meet our wonderful community over there. And uh, you can also ask me questions because I am very interested in the act of storytelling. I've taught storytelling at, uh, at a college, uh, and it's kind of my passion in life. So if you want to learn how to up your own game your narrative like talk to me like my ideas might not be perfect but they might help get you on to a different thought pattern you know and that's usually all it takes is just having someone to bounce ideas off so yeah more than happy to help you uh but yeah uh so that's that's me talking about the other games so those are all the other games we run we hope you come back for wild beyond the Witchlight. uh it's gonna be a really great cast and um it's gonna be rad because i just rewatched some videos and and realized a secret about wild beyond the Witchlight that only 80s kids will get hell yeah which is the was the minds of madness the minds of the minds of doom or something like that so if you do you want to hear this it's it's a little minor thing that you that if you look up the maps you'll notice anybody know the D, &D cartoon never watched it i know it exists I, okay. I, love it. It. I i grew up in the 80s so i actually have that on a vhs at my mom's house oh my god um <laughs> because i grew up I'm a, I'm a military brat so like all of my all the videos and stuff i i watched growing up were on vhs because we didn't have tv in english because we were living in europe right um so this is explains a lot about me and my obsession with films because i've watched a lot of films hundreds of times because they're literally what i had on the shelf um in the beginning of the D, D cartoon basically it's a bunch of kids in 80s america who go on a roller coaster ride in, inside of a carnival and get transported to a magical world where they become all of the D, D classes and have to go on an adventure to try to get back home. Hell yeah. That roller coaster is in the Witchlight map. Ah, that's so neat. That's awesome. So I am really excited that those characters might show up in the book. Because they never got oh. home. The show got canceled. That would be cool. That would be very that's really cool. Neat. It's I really, I really want it. I really want it. Um, but folks, um, I think, I think what we should probably do now is say, thank you. Thank you for sticking with us for 40 episodes. And thank you for playing under me for 40 episodes. I hope that you had, I hope you had a lot of fun with it. And I hope you're excited for what we do here and for doing more stuff with me. Um, because you, you guys chat me up a lot and i really appreciate it and i do i do really appreciate the sentiment 
Um, but a dungeon master, game master is only as good as the players that they have working with them. And you are a wonderful cast of, of characters, wonderful cast of friends. And I don't think that this would have been nearly as fun with any other group, um, let alone without each and every one of you being as special, unique, and wonderful as you are. Um, it's, it's true. No, it's really true. It's true. Um, Hayden, you bring such vivacity. Christine, you bring such spunk. Robin, you brought such just annoying rage, I think. Annoyance and rage? <laughs> annoyance, not annoying. Uh, annoyance as the character. Vista was annoyed a lot. It was good. But you played stupid, by the way, really well. It takes a, it really takes a good, uh, a good player to play stupid, right? I really appreciate that. And not just like really irritating. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like playing and, low intelligence is hard. And and Mike, I loved seeing you grow into Katarina and finding your footing. And I always love playing with you because you always come up with like the weirdest ideas. Um, <laughs> and it's just fantastic. I also just love spending time with you because you're you're one of my best friends. So, in fact, you're all you're all some of my best friends. And uh, you were before the game, and you will remain after the game. Congratulations, our, our friendship survived the Frost Maiden. Yay! Uh, I don't know. I think I think my far friendship was started with the game. To be honest, this is true. This is true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. All of you became my friends because of this game. Well, not I'm, Hayden. We were before. I was gonna say, we I'm like, before. bitch. I've known you. I've known you for like I figured, realized like ten ten years because high school, bitch, man. High I'm. School. I mean, I've never actually met two of you outside of this game yeah we, yeah. we like, gotta like i am coming to like, the island but i'll do it yeah like you gotta, you gotta come to sign this right i know i have um, to come to the island and i, I mean, have like, i've like, cider for you beach i know like, you do. robin even though you live in the city that i live in i've never actually met you in person i know we need to soon we need to what <laughs> right why not well, like, I don't know. Hayden, I get it with you more because I mean, for the first three quarters of this, you literally lived not I in, in lived this country, in Los Angeles. <laughs> and granted, I don't make it to Los Angeles very often. Uh, usually, like once every couple of years, I make it to LA. But LA. but yeah, straight up, need to actually meet the two of you in I person, know. dude. Oh. When I come to the island, I will. Here's what we do. I come directly to Victoria and we'll go from there. Alright. Yeah. Straight up. Just don't do it over the I'll, next I'll two pick weeks. You, I'll busy. pick you up at the ferry. I'll pick you up yeah, at no. the ferry. Beach. Yeah, man. I gotta All get right. my second dose. So, mm -hmm. yeah. with that, I think this is probably a good place to say thank you so much for joining us. You're all wonderful. Um, I hope you stick with us for future adventures and come and give other stuff a try. I think that most of you, if you like this game, you'll really like the Mage the Ascension game I'm running. I really think you will. The cast is really phenomenal, and it's got similar themes to this, but with even more role-playing. Uh, and you don't need to know the, the system to understand the story. Um, the system gets pretty... It's pretty easy. Um, two episode, uh, So episode 0 and 1 are both on YouTube right now, and I think you can still find it on Twitch. Uh, episode 2 is going up tonight, but it'll be released tomorrow. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be really good. Uh, but And then stick around for Wild Beyond the Witchlight or join us for Shards of Nern because that game is literally an improv game we make up on the fly uh, that is... It's, oh God, they're going to like... Uh, Bam, I see you in the chat. I'm going to need some ideas for running Fallout New Vegas um, in a fantasy setting. Like, I need you to send me the weirdest shit about Las Vegas because uh, you would know better than most. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> besides that thank you for watching we really appreciate it and uh i'm gonna let y'all say good say goodbye and and where can we find you start can... with start with you i guess oh boy i can thank you guys so much for joining us and you know putting up with the lysithian bullshittery and the asshole that they was I'm going to bother and them are because so they're still around it but they're uh, you know Thank you for putting up with me learning the fucking accent while we were playing. You Listen, should definitely follow Hayden and everything that they do and all of their new me. projects and their new voice work that they're yeah, doing. So you can find me here on Mondays. I, I won't be here until we start Cthulhu again. So uh, come hang out with me on Twitter. I'm at HeyBellVoiceOver on Twitter. And three days a week you can find me streaming over at Nat19 on Wednesdays or Nat19 Official if you want the channel. Uh, on Wednesdays, I play video games with Bread Brederson, internet famous Bred Brederson. That Bred Brederson? The Bred Brederson? The Bred Brederson. She's Bread. in the house right now. Toast to Bred Brederson. <laughs> Toast to Bred Brederson. And then on Thursdays and Saturdays, I play D&D over there. So if you want more roleplay stuff from me, I'm over there. Um, and then I'm going to be doing some new fun stuff. I'm uh, now Amelia in Case Study of Vanitas, which you can watch over on Funimation. And, you know support that show hopefully it. it'll get a se second season because the manga is real good right now and i'm selfish <laughs> and i want more but yeah that that's where you could find little old me nice mike all right thank you all so much for coming to join us for this phenomenal game full of growth emotions love hatred red lobster Biscuits. Biscuits. Do they still have those and, for sale at Costco? And you know genuine terror with dragons. So thank you all so much. It's meant so much to me to have you all watching us, to have you all to play with. Kelly, to have you running this. My and you're I mean, you're all gonna get to see me all the time because oh i'm still in reign of emerus um which is tom tomorrow yeah, night it's tomorrow night tomorrow you, you night. better show up yes put on uh, your skirt <laughs> Wee! i am also in shards of nern which i'm not positive when that one no that one is starting up on the first again it's starting up on the first of september yeah, yeah starting up on the first um and Outside of that, you can find me over at uh, my Twitch channel, Captain Starbun, where we explore new worlds and not civilizations. Um, but we explore the galaxy, and I bring you along with me. Nice. Robin. All right, everyone. Uh, it's, 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 it's been a slice. Um, I can't. I, I get weirdly emotional and I don't I get awkward but um it's get been that. such a 
I, right? I'm like, hey, finger guns instead of saying my feelings. But um, it's been an absolute joy and pleasure playing with you guys and getting to know you guys because you are some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. And I love you all so, so very much. And it's just been an absolute joy spending my Monday nights um, with you, especially at the beginning when I wasn't doing as much D&D and I was in a situation where I kind of wasn't having the best time. I, I really looked forward to Monday nights. They were a literal, like, bright spot in my week. Um, so mm. thank you for bringing that to my life. Um, and yeah, it's it's this is your feelings. Um, but you can find me at here, um, because I don't leave here. You guys got me now, so Robin's around a lot. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, so I'll uh, I'm here, but I uh, when I'm not here, uh, I'm at Second Gen Gamer on Twitch. Nice. And then uh, finally, Christine. Yes. Um. This has been absolutely awesome i've loved this game it was wonderful to have robin join us and it's also been like probably our first really huge game for our channel so it's just been amazing how many people have joined us for this who come back week after week who've joined the discord and have all these conversations with us and all these compliments on what we do and how we're doing it and all this cool stuff. And it just feels really good, guys. So thank you. Um, and it's just lovely playing with you dorks. Absolute dorks. Absolute, absolute dorks. I just, first time actually getting to spend time with Hayden properly and yeah. getting to know you. Um, Mike, your old hat I've played with you before. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we, we've had fun times. Um, and getting to oh, yeah. meet Robin and hang out with you. Um, but otherwise, besides being on Dork Tales, which for a change, I am starting to not be in everything. I am enforcing my boundaries. That sounds bad. Because <laughs> um, when we started, we were basically literally in the living room together. And I was like, well, if, if people are playing in the living room, I'm not going to be sleeping anyways. <laughs> so I might as well be in the game. But now... Now I can put some distance and be like, I need some time to myself. <laughs> but when I'm not taking time to myself, you can find me on Lady Liliana on Twitch, uh, where I play Guild Wars 2. For the most part, I've been adding a little bit of Dream Daddy, which was a lot of fun, and I want to get back to it when I have time. Um, absolute, absolute ridiculousness. It was great. So come hang out with me and chat there. I'm ha more than happy to talk about Dorktail stuff, too, <laughs> on my channel. So Nice. She yeah. says that she's she's putting some distance. She's, she just means she's only going to be in two to three games a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, instead uh, of all of them. It's true. All the ones except for the ones with vampires. Oh, yeah, we're also running a vampire game in October. Don't Because, like, right now I'm in shards. So I'll be in shards. Don't, don't, don't I'm in leave. rain. I'm losing rhyme now. But I'll be in Witchlight. And I'm in mage. Yeah. So, so folks, that's four games then we'll go back down to three all right so folks um we're gonna call it here thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate it thank you for helping us defeat rhyme of the frost maiden and whoever ends up with this book thanks for watching Aww. there will be it'll be signed with a silver pen in the front but uh and let me know if whoever wins that if you want it annotated but um 
Thank you for watching. We look forward to seeing you in the next video. Bye. Good night, everybody. Rhyme of the Frost Maiden is a Dork Tales production. Its dungeon master is Kelly Clark, and it stars Hayden Davio as Lacithian Callisto, Robin Halford as Vister Dankill, Mike McGee as Katarina Firestring, and Christine Rattray as Callie Thornhill. To watch us live, visit twitch.tv slash dorktales, or you can view our back catalog on youtube.com slash dorktales. Want to help Dorktales grow? Rate and leave us a review and share us with your friends. Our opening theme is Cold Journey by Alexander Nakarada, and our closing theme is Winter Night, also by Alexander Nakarada. This episode also featured music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. A full list of the music used in this episode is available in the show notes below. Ambient music and sound effects are by TabletopAudio.com, one of the best free tools for dungeon masters anywhere. I'd like to take a minute to thank all of our patrons at Patreon.com slash Dorktales, starting with our Patreon producers. Our divine producers, DM Michael Gray, the great and powerful, and Shulton, who leveled up to a god, but still has the right kind of evil. Our princes of the Patreon, Taryn, the original Dorktales fangirl, and Dustin, our time-traveling buddy from 1977. Our level 20 heroes, Jan Clark, who's my, my mom, Bob Kessler, Dave, also known as Frog Legs, our level 10 hero, Trizelta, also known as James Bodage, our very important patrons, who donate five or more dollars per month, Mike McGee and their glorious nails, an actual guinea pig, Dale Cope, the eternal student of life, Camille, who may be six possums in a trench coat, Evan, longtime listener, first time patron, Mike Baxter, first of his name, Jason Tudor, the mayor of Icewind Dale, Krista Mitchell, the Siege FX engine, the great and powerful Nacro, Rio, but without the OZ, United Adventure Company, Robin Holford, the wine master, and our dork squad, Jen Peters, Caitlin, Amy, Batran, and Willem and Isolde. If you'd like to hear your name at the end of these episodes and get access to exclusive perks, feel free to join us on patreon.com slash dorktales. Dorktales survives on the generosity of our patrons, and I can't express how grateful I am to each and every one of you for your support. Thank you so much, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to reach out, you can find us on the Dorktales Discord. We hope you join us, and we'll see you in the next episode.